Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Yeah, more or less. Hey, let's bang, Tui. It's Monday morning. Huh? How about that? It is the 21st of November, 2022, and it's time, diggity donks, for Morning Combat. Hello, everyone. I am merely one half of your hosting duo. My name is Luke Thomas. I got a big poofy hair going on thing. Uh, I join you from the capital of Estados Unidos right here in Washington, D.C., joined by my New England brethren. You know him as that B.C. with that C.T.E. He's my friend and yours. It's Brian Campbell. Hi, Brian Campbell. I'm here, Luke. Thank you for that great rousing introduction. I'm fired up to be here on a Monday and to get right into breaking down fights. Why? Because that's why people come to MK. The other stuff, the the dad humor, the excessive 15-minute ads to open the show, Luke, that's all just gravy, right? But they come, they come for the meat at the end of the day, the turkey, the meat pie, everything I'm going to be consuming on Thursday along with my athletic greens, okay? So uh, it's Turkey Day week. The best holiday going, right? You don't need gifts. You don't need religions. You don't need anything but an American flag, football, turkey, a loose waistband, and each other. And each other. Yes, indeed. All right, BC, let's get to it. So what do we have on the docket today? We had Bellator over the weekend. We had one over the weekend. We had UFC, sort of, over the weekend. We'll get to that as well. Plus, I know today's Have You Seen This Shit is going to be epic, given all of the Dylan Dennis news. That <coughs> Okay, me. well, it will. But let me just give a warning to the people, because this, this ruined my Sunday. I accidentally deleted a week's worth of HYSTS links, and then had to scramble to put together. So... I'm missing some key moments. There is some Dylan Dennis bullshit. There's some copy and paste shit, but but it's not your typically enriching shit, right? All right. Well, glad to know everyone should be let down today. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys have another show you could be watching right now that no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. This one wins awards. <laughs> this one changes your life. Okay. Thank you. All right. So uh, standard disclaimer. Here we go. If you want to try Showtime, which by the way, there are still, I think, two more Bellator events this month. 
as a matter of fact. You can get those Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. You can also get some merch, morningcombat.store. You can get this shirt here if you want. I think you can get BC's hat. I can't quite tell. I think you can get BC's hoodie, if yeah, I'm not a, mistaken, or is that an old prototype? Well, it might be an old crop prototype, <laughs> this donk hoodie, but you should look for it right now by going to morningcombat.store. You can wear this mug. And obviously, a reminder, folks, this week is Black Friday for all you people that are willing to engage in that filthy holiday. But we do allow you to engage in it from distance. So if you head to morningcombat.store right now, right on the front page, put your email address in that in that envelope-shaped hole right there, and you will get an exclusive look. The only way you can find out the Black Friday savings that RJ uh, Gangbanger has going on over there in Jersey. So uh, get in there, check it out. Flat rate shipping international, you know all that shit. But look, if they want to dress like us, if they want to feel the way we do, all they have to do is disregard health protocols for the first 40 years of their life, right? I mean, they can feel exactly how we feel right now. Basically right, basically right. And we call him Gangbanger because he actually is a member of the Latin Kings. That's a true thing. That is Not at all. Um, well, he's in the reserve. Uh, Look, like your Marine ship, he's in the reserves, okay? I mean, you, you know, still, you he still matters. This is some, you think this is some slight. You're a nasty civilian pig. Any <laughs> assessment you make of my military service is irrelevant. All right. Hey, also, every are, single one of your heroes that you, that you, you know, locked arms with, have paid for sex in their life. So you can, you know, you can shove it, Luke. That okay? is, that is right. true. That is also true. That yeah. is also true. The, dude, you know what the Marines love? They love God, country, core, and prostitution. I mean, in that order. In that order. Well, you could argue right. that's always been the American way. But hey, let's bang, all right, Tui? Let's do All right. It. One more reminder. Morningcombat at gmail.com is your email. You can send us your dead wrongs there. By the way, you were asking me, and I'm at fault too. Like, I'm not blaming you. I'm just sort of introducing the conversation that way. We had a conversation about a fight that was never even going to take place on Friday between Rodolfo Vieira and I think uh, uh, Bundridge. Or, uh, uh, yes, Casey Bundridge, I think is who it was. I can't, I can't remember cool. anymore. You mean the Amanda's fight was pulled husband, off Luke? the card and we yeah. sat there and had a breakdown about it that, that was never going to happen. I mean, look, we, we, I mean, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty washed. It's incredible that we're so successful. Okay. To be fair right now, but, uh, Hey, let's get into it because Luke Bellator happened Friday and I was entertained brother. Bellator did happen Friday. All right. So let's kick off the show with some Bellator news. We start with the main event really of Bellator 288, which of course was on showtime over the weekend in Chicago, Illinois, Vadim Nemkov retains his title. Can you believe it? He remains the Bellator light heavyweight champion. He wins officially the Bellator light heavyweight Grand Prix. BC, he didn't just beat Corey Anderson. He kind of, I mean, I want to say dominated because I think Corey Anderson won a round on one of the judges. He got two, which to me is incomprehensible. I can give him the one. I can give him the one. But Corey Anderson going 0 for 15 on takedowns. You want to talk about a difference maker. It was that. My question to you, is Vadim Nemkov the best light heavyweight on earth? It's a difficult question. I'd say right now, no. I'd like to see him get a chance to prove it by continuing to get big wins. And, you know, the best way to prove it would be to get some super fight rematch with current UFC light heavyweight champion Yuri Prohaska, who handed Nemkov his first pro defeat back in 2015. That's not going to ha- happen either. But, Luke, if he's not the best, he proved on this day that he was right there in the conversation and deserves inclusion within that group. Why? Because... Uh, it's just the way the luck turned when these two fought in April for the one million bucks in the tournament final. And we talked all week coming in. If someone's going to benefit the most from this mulligan, from this redo, it's going to be Vadim Nemkov. But our biggest question was, even with that, 
you know, what was that six month, seven month difference between the fights? Is Corey Anderson's plan A still that great? Turns out, no, Luke, because Vadim Nemkov used that time to improve. And unfortunately for Corey Anderson, I don't think he he showed much improvement. In fact, a, a regression between the two fights. Now, what did Nemkov do? First and foremost, keeping his back off the canvas. 0 for 15 on takedown offense, uh, 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 takedown attempts. That was huge. His stamina seemed to increase, although obviously the first time around, his stamina went down largely from being dragged around on the canvas. But I think even bigger, Luke, than the takedowns, was his control of distance was 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 masterful on this one. He was able to use his jab as a consistent, stiff weapon, use it to, to hold that distance, but also being smart with the right hand without putting himself in positions to get countered with a takedown attempt. And that was huge. Nemkov sat down on his weight, kept his body bounced down. When he did throw the right hand, it was in perfect situations where he could counter to keep Anderson away. But for the most part, this was left jab, calf kick. And I think that combination ultimately just perplexed Corey Anderson, who was unable to take him down and was really unable outside of a few spare punches to take over control of this fight in really any given. I mean, you said he got one or two rounds. I had a five rounds to zero on my card. I don't really know where you're going to find a Corey Anderson round there. And that's all full respect to the changes Vadim Nemkov made in camp while given a chance at this rare sort of mulligan. Uh, he's still unbeaten during his Bellator run. He's taken on the best names available, more or less, every time out. And even when he had to take on Julius Anglicus at last in a last-minute change, he got dropped but still came out and won that fight going away and showed us what he's all about. He's one of the best light heavyweights in the world. He's putting together a tremendous run right now within Bellator but this rematch it was one-sided because he made the changes and Corey Anderson didn't that's the difference in this fight Luke you know it's so funny we had Corey Anderson on the RSD couch and he even acknowledged right with us that you know his friend had told him hey man this guy got a good look at you you're gonna have to have some new tricks up your sleeve in order to get past him it wasn't like he didn't know that that was the reality he was facing. He was clear-eyed about it. He understood it. He accepted it. He was excited about it. It was all very much on the table. And yet, when it came time to fight, he was unable to do anything about it. Dude, the amount of improvement that Vadim Nemkov made between the first and second fight is frankly shocking. To get that much better about your takedown defense that quickly. And of course, if you heard the broadcast, they attributed it to, of course, hard work. But as well as going down to American Top Team and getting some work with some top wrestlers down there, it paid massive, massive dividends. You know, it kind of reminded me a little bit. They have different styles, BC, but they do have the same coach. And it was the same kind of situation. Here's what I mean. We talked about Frankie Edgar against Max Holloway, and that was always going to be a bit of a bad matchup because at 145, Max Holloway has very good takedown defense. And if you can pull the takedown component out of Frankie's game, his striking becomes a lot easier to deal with. Now, you had asked me on Friday, is there a path, reasonably speaking, for Corey Anderson if he can't get the takedown? And my answer was volume. But that was taken away as well. He simply couldn't get off as much. But stopping the takedown really disrupted Corey's game. He could not get much going. And then, as you indicated, the jab from Nemkov, the lateral movement from Nemkov, his cardiovascular conditioning late in the fight, dramatic, dramatic improvements. He was already very good. That Corey Anderson no-contest fight, which was like it might have been headed towards a loss for him, what a wake-up call that was. He made all the right decisions between fights. He made all the right decisions in this particular fight. And to answer the question that I gave you, is he the best? 
you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly. I don't know how he would match up against Ankalaev or some other guys. But I can tell you this. He is very much their peer. Very much their peer. And maybe better than them eventually. We'll have to see. This was a hell of a showcase performance for Vadim Nemkov. And I can't wait to see him fight Yoel Romero. Luke, let me ask you a technical question here. Because my, you know, by no means am I attempting to crap on Anderson, who we loved getting to know. And, you know, he did seem to show a great demeanor and defeat on social media afterwards. It wasn't his night. He fought a better guy, all that stuff. But he didn't just get the takedown taken away from him here or there. I mean, he got completely shut down. What should he have done better? I mean, did you see a, there was something missing? And I don't know if it was game plan wise spark in him. If maybe the, you know, the, the, the stuffing of the takedowns, began to build up on him sort of a you know a callus of oh crap what do I do now but we've seen better striking from him than he showed in this five-round fight what ultimately went wrong in your eyes uh for Corey Anderson over this fight that there wasn't even a late rally there was maybe it was a lack of urgency down the stretch I'm not sure but there wasn't even a oh man if he only started that earlier he never cracked the Nemkov code for 25 minutes yeah and by the way when I say he got two rounds I'm not saying I gave him two rounds. I'm saying one of the judges gave him two rounds. One of the scores was 48-47. So to me, that's crazy. I don't know how you could find two rounds for Corey. One, I think you could squint and maybe find one, but even that is probably not the case. Okay, but either way, answering the question, so this is why guys like Islam Makachev and Habib Nurmagomedov hold such distinct advantages. It's actually a great question, BC. Because you're right, under the traditional system of takedowns he was using, he just couldn't even really get close. He had earned that one round, I think it was round three or four, where he was trying to press Nemkov into the fence, and they had this kind of stalemate on the hips, turning in circles, and he was trying to press him, and eventually he just let it go. It's like, here's the thing. What makes, now that he's retired, we'll, we'll leave him out of the conversation, but what makes a guy like Makachev so deadly, right? So gifted. Think about what him and Shavkat Rachmanov do. They will accept pressure at certain times, physical pressure, and put their backs up against the fence. And from there, they've got all kinds of trips and throws, right? This is the thing. There, I've said this before. There are trips and throws in wrestling, and there are normal takedowns from, for leg attacks in judo. But judo tends to emphasize sort of one side of it, wrestling another side of it, okay? The guys who are like high-level guys, like your Usman Nurmagomedov, who we'll talk about in a minute, your Islam Makachevs, Habib, so forth, what they're able to do is if they have to go to a traditional single leg or a double leg or a high crotch lift or whatever, they can do that. But then they can meld Tayatoshis, Harai Goshis, Uchimadas, um, you name it. They can switch to different kinds of throws, upper body, lower body, single leg, double leg, uh, body locks, the whole nine yards. They've got a wide repertoire where they can constantly shift where the attack originates what kind of leg it goes on, What? how many different entries they need. Do they need one underhook? Do they need two? Can they get it from double overhooks? And most even very good collegiate wrestlers don't really have that. They don't have that ability to nimbly, nimbly, listen to the word there, go from a double leg that doesn't work, switch to a high crotch, then switch, if that doesn't work, to some kind of Uchimata Harai Goshi, which is a trip either around both legs or in between them. They don't have that ability to switch what I would call takedown systems. Again, all of them are comprehensive, but they emphasize different things. The guys from Dagestan, they can, the very good ones anyway, they can do that, and it's such a distinct advantage. I think that was missing from Corey's game. Yeah, Corey, you got to learn that Ushi Garoshi and, and get on that <laughs> shit. No, seriously, though, um, I think he was stunned by it, Luke. We saw his confidence. I mean, he could not have been more confident on our couch 
breaking down exactly what he did to to sort of nullify Nemkov the first time around. And then, you know, he just wasn't able to replicate that. And I don't know if there was a lack of next level preparation from what Nemkov might do, or maybe they were just caught off guard. Uh, can Corey Anderson go back to the uh, back to the to the blackboard and figure this formula out and make another run back to the title in your eyes? I mean, how damaging was this for a guy now in two organizations? I mean, he got close in the UFC to the title shot, got really close. In Bellator, yeah. he basically had the belt around his waist last time. So, you know, what what does he do next from this? I mean, he's not he's not dead. He's not old and washed, but there's going to have to be some changes after this performance. I mean, here's just the reality. He's 32, which is not old at all, but he got outskilled. He got outskilled. Um and he's a skilled guy. That's I mean, we're you know, we're not talking about some guy who's bad. We're talking about a guy who's yeah. very, very good. Corey Anderson is very, very good, but he just didn't have enough tools in the tool uh, uh, belt to go to to give him some kind of a response. People wanted you to go out there and fight like aggressively. You can do that, but oftentimes fighting aggressively just means fighting like a dumbass. And Corey Anderson's not a dumbass. He's not going to fight that way. He wants to fight in some kind of strategic and, and, and reasonable path to victory. He just didn't have one that night. So... Honestly, it's not really about like the things he's good at weren't there. The things he's good at were there. It just wasn't enough against this caliber of an opponent who is this prepared, this in shape. And we should also say, dude, Vadim Nemkov is a good athlete. He's yeah. a really good athlete, dude. He's dynamic. He can cover distance. Again, I thought his, we haven't talked much about it. Now you mentioned it when your first answer was. But, dude, his cardiovascular conditioning in this fight was on point. He put in as much effort as he needed to in every single round and never looked winded to me. Never looked like he was rationing offense. You know what I mean? He always had just enough for every single situation he was in and then a little bit more to claim the round. Now, he didn't get the finish, and and I think that also speaks to how difficult Corey Anderson is as an opponent. And, like, there was a gap between them, and it was a consistent gap, although we got to be careful about this, BC. It wasn't a huge gap between them. It was a noticeable gap he was able to maintain through the course of five rounds. It wasn't like he was beating the shit out of Corey Anderson. Yeah. He did drop him in the first or whatever, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was just completely annihilating the guy. He it just was a put a lead on him and kept it. It was a noticeable flipping of the script in comparison to how the first one went. It was eye-opening and shocking in that regard, but um, it's interesting that what Nemkov ultimately did was, yeah, raise the, raise the, the stamina, shut down the takedowns as we talked about, but he almost like... Keep it simple, stupid, right? He almost put a big kiss on this. He simplified it down to essentially jab, calf strike, occasional right hand every once in a while. And man, it just shut all the doors. So, you know, one up to Nemkov for the run he was on when not, you know, he wasn't really all that known outside of Russia when he first joined Bellator. But that run of beating four former current champions to get to the tournament and now three wins. And it's not like that no contest never happened. But look at how quickly he turned the entire thing around. And Luke, while we are rightfully, when we talk about uh, Usman Nurmagomedov shortly, going to once again continue to just blow the fugal horn in the direction of Team Habib and, you know, the Eagle as a coach now, dude, Team Fedor is pretty badass. Even though the story in this time is about what Nemkov did to get extra help, to get the Cliff's notes. No, not Kill Cliff MMA, American Top Team. Um, I want to give respect to what Fedor's doing there with with the you know with the names he's building, Valentin Moldovsky, all that. But 
is this a damnation against what Fedor offers that Nemkov needed extra help? He had Brazilian Shrek with him in the corner there, Luke. Um, Conan well, Silvera, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you know, what what is what does this mean about what what even Team Fedor was missing in terms of their of their. Uh, yeah, they probably don't have a guy on staff who has the kind of wrestling uh, pedigree or uh, coaching ability or whatever. He just wasn't getting the right looks for what the American wrestler presented to him, at least not you know organically in camp. So he had to go and find it outside. But like, I would actually say that's a good thing about Fedor that he let the guy go train at him. Well, you not let him, but you know, didn't have an issue. I should say yeah. didn't have an issue with with Nemkov going to ATT, getting this extra training, because look at the benefit it, 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 it conferred. Massive, massive benefit. Not just for this fight, but for any future fight he might have, even against Joel Romero, who's not an American wrestler, but might adopt some of those similar kinds of tactics that have been boiled down for MMA purposes. So, like, this was something that's going to give him longevity for the future in a in a profound kind of way. So I actually think that, like, Fedor doesn't have omni-competence. No trainer does. And when they lack the capacity to provide that, not getting in the way of students getting that where they need, I think is important. Now, you could ask a question long-term. Should Fedor have something more like this in his camp so guys don't go have to, have to go out and find it? Yes, I think that's probably some kind of assessment you could make. But in the short run... This, to me, speaks quite highly of Fedor that he was like, yes, go get what you need, and when you're ready to come back, let's all work together and look at the result. Everyone, you can't say that whatever they put together in camp didn't gel. It gelled perfectly. Yeah, it was, perfectly. It was absolutely perfect. This may be a hard question to consider, but do you think uh, Vadim Nemkov also attended the DeSantis 2024 rally that uh, Dan Lambert had at the ATT gym? I, I, I don't know the political leanings of uh, Russian fighters these days. I would imagine if Brazilian fighters are massively right-wing and American fighters are massively right-wing, I would imagine so are Russian fighters, but one never knows. Neither here nor there. Here's the next question, BC. Okay, so they had a face-off in the cage uh, on the February card, February 4th, I believe, on CBS, co-main event, Vadim Nemkov is going to defend his title against Yoel Romero. Early thoughts about how this could go. Well, first of all, I love the matchup, not just the, the you know, celebrity factor, the sex factor, because Yoel Romero can, you know, explode with the kind of strikes, the almost video game strikes at times. I love the placement on CBS February 4th under the Fedor-Bedor uh, rematch, but I think this is an easier matchup for Vadim Nemkov and plays well into what he does. I mean, obviously, if you're Yoel Romero, you're going to want to make him extend. You're going to want to make him reach. And, you know, Romero is never a stranger to sort of holding the ball at times in a fight to sort of frustrate you and bring that out. So it's going to be a test of that for Nemkov. But if Romero just looks to strike against him from the outside, I can't wait to see this fight. I want to see Romero's explosive power. But I think Nemkov handles this from a distance, Luke. So I think Anderson was that really tough test with for him within this division. Maybe down the road they end up getting a third stab at it if Corey can continue, uh, you know, put, start a new stretch of winning here. But uh, I love the real Merrill fight, but I think if you're Team Nemkov, you already know what to do against him, right? This is not the type of fighter that this version of Romero is going to surprise with that stuff, right? No, I mean, here's the thing. To me, Nemkov is just way better than Romero, like way yeah. better. However, and we all know this about Romero, you can be better than him and that may not necessarily matter. Even at his advanced age, the guy's nearing 50, his explosive ability, his athletic ability, his weirdness, his willingness to take risk in unusual situations, that makes him dangerous. That could flip the tide of the fight at any point. So 
I expect Nemkov to win, and I expect however long the fight goes, Nemkov to be winning the vast majority of that time. But Romero's a wild card. He's a wild card figure that makes it you know hard to definitively say just because Nemkov is better, that ultimately means he will clearly win or defend his title. It's It could get tricky down the line there. Do you think Nemkov can take him down consistently? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Not early. Not early. But I think he's going to leg kick him a lot, get him tired, get him a little bit more stationary, and I think then he could for sure. All right. Yeah. Um, he's a hell, he's a hell of a champion. And, I, you know, it's like, it's like after seeing him come back and get this win, you want to know more about him, Luke. He's very soft-spoken. There's obviously the language barrier. And, you know, we saw what happened when you try to get inside of Fedor's defenses in a sit-down but, uh, you know, I hope Vadim gets his chance here to, to, to be all he can be, Luke, because he seems to be a special fighter. So He's, he's, put, one, of the be- he's one of the very best fighters Bellator has on their roster. I mean, I yeah. don't know if he's better than Patricio, but um, he's up there. He's top three, maybe best fighter, well, top five best fighters that they have. I mean, he's very, very good. All right, let's go to point number two. We stay with Bellator because it was another title up for grabs, and sure enough, this was the easiest to predict, although there were some surprises about the fights, I suppose, along the way, but either way. Usman Nurmagomedov is your new Bellator lightweight champion. He absolutely blanked Patricky Pitbull. It wasn't even close, not for a minute, nothing. Gets the fight, gets all five rounds, and some judges' scorecards, I think he had round two, maybe, round two or round three, as a 10-8. So there was one 50-45, there was two 50-44s. He made it look easy. BC, biggest takeaway from this championship win by Usman Nurmagomedov. I mean, the only thing I could say even remotely negative is that we didn't get a finish despite his just complete domination. And for those middle rounds, he didn't necessarily look like he was going for a finish. And by the way, it's not always easy to finish somebody as battle-tested as Patricky Pitbull. But my biggest takeaway, Luke, is even without a spectacular finish, which I said coming into the fight could be like, you know, imagine a head kick here. He could just kick your TV screen in. He still kind of did. With how great across the board in every single category he is for a 24-year-old who had four fights under this banner on this level. He's what, 16, 17-0 at this point? We have no idea how good he may end up being in the long run, Luke. When he consistently faces the best in the world, when he adds new skills to his game. But look at what he is right now at 24 you know, with Coach B behind him, Islam Mahachev has another brother training him and pushing him in his corner. I mean, this guy in every single category was nasty, was well game planned, was just, I mean, from distance to accuracy. He's a 10 out of a 10 across the board in, in almost every single category. Yeah, there's a lot more he's going to have to show us in his career. And like everybody else, I want to see him against the very best in the world. You know, I want to see him against AJ McKee for this title and this promotion one day soon. But for this level of competition and just his fifth Bellator fight, short of a finish, he absolutely dazzled. He is beyond a complete fighter already for this age. He's a dynamic sensational fighter that, you know, I'm ready to start having some real conversations about not only the the Team Habib movement that has come on and is taking over and the creation of MMA's new Gracie family in some weird way, but I'm not even sure who's the best of all among them because I got people in my DMs going, look, I know you're going to go nuts. I know you're going to go nuts on Usman, but Umar's even better than him. And oh, by the way, Islam just looked like a million bucks against Charles. 
Luke, these guys are coming on and they're insanely great. And this guy's only 24. What do you want me to say about him? He's everything you would want a mixed martial artist to be. And whether you cared about it or not, delivered a very heartfelt sort of, um, you know, wholesome reaction to the victory, getting Habib on, on the, on the uh, FaceTime and just showing so much humility and, and reverence to the family. Dude, uh, you know, he looked so good, you had a feeling he could do that against almost anybody. Now, let's not overlook this matchup and how he was a 7-1 to favorite or whatever. He should have done this in some ways. Should he have done this, though, in reality at 24 this dominantly with this little world-level global experience? No, he's a special fighter. So listen to this. ESPN MMA put together a graphic. This is Team Habib's individual records. Ready? Habib Nurmagomedov, 29-0. and Islam Makachev, 23-1. and Islam Mamadov, who fights in Bellator, by the way, uh, or did. I'm just sure what's the current state of his contract. 22-2-1. Now, Zabira Tugugov, not that great. 20-5. and Oh, that's still pretty good in one. Uh, The only Nurmagomedov who's got a bit of a blemish, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov, 17-3-1. Usman Nurmagomedov, 16-0. Umar Nurmagomedov, 15-0. Their combined record, 142-11-3. Hammers. Hammers, hammers up and down that list. Now, to your point, I thought it looked to me, BC, tell me if you disagree with this fight with Nurmagomedov and and Pitbull. I thought, especially in rounds three and four, that Nurmagomedov could have turned up the intensity a little bit. It looked to me what he wanted to do was make sure the fight was always, always, always on the most advantageous terms he could get. And he only really went for a takedown when he had a very clear, totally wide opening that he was able to create. Other than that, he played it what I would call a little bit on the safe side. I think he was feeling the nerves a little bit for him and his career. This was his first ranked guy in Bellator. It was for a championship fight. It was for five rounds. It looked to me just a little bit, BC, just a little bit, and understandably, given all the circumstances, he was a little bit nervous, a little bit cautious. Does that seem fair to you? Yeah, that's the only I think that's got to be the only the only thing you can slam back at him and it was legit because I felt like he should have walked him down and finished him. And when we say he's a hammer Luke, it's not just takedown domination. I mean, he's absolutely dominating every inch of that stand up against a noted almost all-time great slugger for this promotion. So, yeah, short of the the passivity he showed at times, but look at these pictures right here. He wasn't passive there in full mount. Yeah, he's freaking nasty. He's good on the feet. He's got good ground and pound. His take, I will say this for Patricky. He did get taken down, and when he did, obviously Nurmagomedov was able to do a lot of damage on the on the floor. I will say this. I thought Patricky's takedown defense looked a lot better than I had thought that it might. I thought he was going to get taken down much easier than he did. Now, Bellator doesn't provide stats, so we don't have the exact numbers, but um, there were several times he was able to ward off the takedowns and and keep I think that's part of the reason because the takedowns were a little bit harder to come by and so Usman was a little bit more careful on the feet than you might imagine but you know look at the state of things he was bloodied he was battered still I give Patricky credit his takedown defense not perfect not enough to win better than I thought it would be for sure okay I'm not going to sit here and compare Islam Mahachev's breakthrough performance against Charles Oliveira and this one against Patriki. Patriki's got a great career and he's a great fighter. There are different levels, though. We still have to see Usman against a lot of different competition. But it, luckily, he's 24. It's so early. 
Do we have a feel right now on who's the best the best fighter long term in this stable? Are these cries yeah. in my DMs of Umar being the real deal legit? I mean, dude, Islam Mahachev may be way better than we even realize right now. Look at the leap he just did against Charles. But look at 25 minutes of Usman right there. Look at Umar of late just blowing our doors down that another guy's coming out of that hammer closet. Who's the best out of these guys? Are, are these guys going to end up being better than Habib because he was more one skill dominant for the most part? How do you sort of take stock of the cupboard right now? Hard to say. Umar's Umar's grappling might be a little bit better than Usman's. Um, but I think Usman's stand-up might be a little smoother than Umar, although Umar is underrated on the feet as well. Umar might be the best of them. It's possible. It's undecided. It's it's a li- it, Here's what I would say. It's just too early to tell between those two. But I, but I do understand people that think Umar might be a little bit more talented. Nevertheless, I just want to point this out. At 24, Usman Nurmagomedov is 16-0, and 0, undefeated, got the championship belt, already has a complete skill set, right? Like, already good enough to win a title in a major organization. Imagine what he's going to be like in five years. Because, by the way, he doesn't take a lot of damage either. I mean, I'm sure those practices are insanely difficult, but in the fights themselves, he doesn't take a lot of damage. So in five years, as he continues to round out, smooth out, and really bring all the portions of his game together, dude, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be unbeatable, but if he can keep up what he has been doing, <laughs> I just going to be hard to fucking beat that guy. Gonna Look, be I have, a really impo- I have two guy. really important questions for you involving Usman Nurmagomedov. When Team Habib and R.I.P. the late Abdulmanap, the the patriarch of this of this Dagestan gym here of this movement. Look, they were very strategic from day one. Of one day, Habib will step aside, Islam will take over in his spot, more or less. Right outside of the interim reign by Charles Oliveira, that's what happened. Do you think long ahead of time they obviously knew Usman was going to be good, this good, this young? Did they steer him to Bellator? Rather than be in a situation where they've got Islam and in, in him and they're basically brothers, right, more or less, in the same division, was there any pre-planning in that? <sighs> Had to be. I don't think they do anything by accident. You know, I don't. I just don't. Nothing happens just because it happens that way. It was obviously great for Bellator that they got the Nurmagomedov services, and again, I think Islam Mamadov, Mamadov, excuse me, fights for them as well. Yeah. Um, I. I listen. I. I you saw that a little bit. What we're talking about, some of that hesitancy. I think they wanted to put him in a place where he could get. We've talked about it before with AJ McKee. AJ McKee went from making his pro debut to winning a title in a, in a, in a major organization all in one place. He never had to bounce around. If you are a talented person who has extraordinary potential, but you're still young, right? Putting someone in Bellator where they can they can coordinate the matchmaking more along all the various stages of your development, I think really benefits you. Now he jumped to the front of the line against Patricky. So at this point he's going to have to enter the the grand prix and then defend his title. But I do think that there's something to be said for the fact they wanted to mature and nurture this guy yet when he was ready, still give him uh, you know, high quality opponents. Bellator, I think under those considerations is probably a better fit for him. Like it was for AJ McKee as he was making his ascension through that, I'm, through the ranks as well. I'm glad you mentioned AJ. Cause that's my second hot burning have to ask you right now. Must interrupt you regardless of the direction you were going to me. I do. Some people think I'm just filthy, right? I can be a cash, right? But I, I my hardcore heart, Usman Nurmagomedov versus AJ McKee is one of the best fights you can make in this sport right now. And we're really close, potentially, to seeing that. So, Luke Thomas, I want to ask you, 
is Usman a problem for AJ or is this when it happens and it could be, who knows, in the next year? I don't know. Is this is this a 50-50 fight in your eyes because of what we still don't know about both of them? I mean, what the hell is this going to look like? I'm going to be so fired up. Yeah, so this is a crazy one. So you know AJ is going to go out there like just guns blazing and try to put a lot of offensive pressure on him. It, it doesn't seem wise to try and out, you know, uh, point fight a guy like Usman Nurmagomedov. It doesn't, you got to take the fight to him for better or for worse. But of course, even with that, there are some real challenges with doing something like that. So you've got a case where AJ is either going to open himself up to vulnerabilities by being too offensive or all that pressure will eventually get a guy like Nurmagomedov to crack and he will make a mistake. That's the central tension of that fight. But like both guys, very well-rounded, both guys, very offensive. It just feels to me, AJ McKee at this stage of his career, a little bit more gunslinger, a little bit yeah. more gunslinger, a guy like Nurmagomedov, a little bit more surgeon. I'd want right? to see what their wrestling and, and, and grappling looks like against one another. I'd really want to see if AJ... Dude, that 155 Grand Prix, that division is now ready for a Grand Prix. And now yeah. with uh, Nurmagomedov at the head of the, uh, the pack, it's ready for one. I really can't wait to see what it looks like because you're going to have some dynamic matchups in that weight class, and they're all yeah. gunning for this dude. So what it's going to be have? fun. It, wait, was that that was the Grand Prix that was announced for next year, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. What what do you think the eight man field is going to look like right now? So let's pull up the rankings here. You can get those at cbssports.com for Bellator's lightweight division. Here's what it looks like, right? So you could have obviously Usman's going to have to be in it. Patricky's going to be in it. You could have. I mean, I'm just going to pick names. These may not be the names you could pick. These Benson Henderson could go in it, right? And this dude, by the way, also beat the previous champion Tofik Musayev. You can add him yes. in there. You could do another. How about another Russian hammer, Alexander Shabli? Uh, you could add him in. Brent Primus, Islam Mamadov, AJ McKee. There's eight right there. That doesn't even include Sidney Outlaw or Peter Queeley. Just right, with what? those. All right. You know I like storylines. You know I like when some of the last remaining gauchos, cowboys are 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 there and they look at the stock of things. I know we're talking about Patricio Pitbull, the pound for pound king in Bellator, the face of the poster, maybe trying to like you know double down on his greatness as much as he could, potentially cutting down to a 135 title shot to try to become the first three-division champion, which is something, by the way, that won championships. Rainier DeRitter, who I interviewed, it'll be out this week, he told me that's his goal, Luke, to become the first in, in big-time MMA to be a three-division champion. Something He's to watch got the there. potential. He's special. What if Patricio said, you know what? I don't want my brother going out like that. I, I gave up my lightweight championship in Bellator. Okay, they didn't win it. Usman didn't win it. I gave it up. I'm entering the tournament, brother. Well, I mean, are you, are you not, right? Come on, right? Only if Patricky's not in it, because I don't want to get to some bullshit where they have to fight and then they refuse. Okay, but right? put them on opposite brackets, and then if it happens, then you got you got another inner piece of weird entertainment. Okay, but I'll, I'll I'll say this: Patricio against any of those guys is competitive, and maybe maybe better. You know, obviously yeah. we're talking about a very special fighter in Patricio. Pitbull. I'm, I'm telling you, that lightweight Grand Prix is going to be fire, dude. They've added think, Russian names to it enough now between Shabli, between Mamadov, Nurmagomedov, Musayev. Just that alone, just the Russian side alone is fucking amazing. Do you think Aaron Pico should move up and enter? No. No, no, no. 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 Okay, he just got idea. surgery. No, he just got no, surgery. I know, I know. I'm, just, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put as many, you know, herbs and spices in it as I can, Luke, okay? I'm, low, yeah, I'm trying well, to put herb in it. That's really what I'm trying to do. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> a big a big pot cake yeah there you go there it is okay 
One more note quickly about the Nurmagomedov and Patricky fight, at least the after effects. So on Saturday, or I guess sometime Friday night, Saturday morning, uh, Patricio Pitbull had tweeted that his brother was still in the hospital at four in the morning and hadn't received adequate care. And he was lashing out at uh, the Illinois Athletic Commission and kind of tagged Bellator in the tweet as well, being like, it's not the first time this has happened. So I reached out to both parties to get more information. And it seems like some stuff there was here's basically as I understand it. There actually was a doctor on site by law. There has to be by the Illinois Commission. My understanding from what I've been told, and again, I was not there. I want to be very clear about that. What I was told was that there, in fact, by law, there had to be a doctor. There was. The doctor looked at the cut and said, this requires more stitching than I'm actually able to provide. It required deep stitching inside the tissue. So they sent him to the hospital. Now, apparently what they tried to do, now both parties say that this is true. Both parties say that the doctor on site at the event called ahead to the hospital to get the surgical tech ready to go so that when Patricky got to the hospital, he could get care immediately. For whatever reason, that failed. Both sides agreed that that, for whatever reason, it didn't work. And so, hello, let's just be honest about it. The American healthcare system is garbage. And if you show up to a hospital at you know midnight, you're just going to have to wait. It's just the way that it goes. So they eventually, here, and here's, I think, why the, the Pitbull brothers were a little bit upset. The doctor or whatever they were at receiving didn't get them, so they had to wait. And then when the surgical tech person did arrive, they decided that they actually didn't need the deep tissue stitches, that you could just get the normal stitches on top. And so he got 10 to close it. So there was some miscommunication along the way. The doctor in the arena was the one who basically made the call to send him to the hospital, tried to set it up. It didn't work, and it all fell apart. I don't know what the answer is. Do you get another one there? Do you get a different doctor? I I don't I don't know how to resolve this, BC, but that's yeah. my understanding of what went wrong here. I would counter your harsh statement against the American healthcare system and the supposed made-up idea of what it's like to go to a emergency room at 12 midnight, if not for the fact that you've lived that nightmare, Luke, and I was there, okay? Back is yeah. hospital. After that Although bill, we got pretty we got pretty swift care there, I have to all, relatively speaking. If you right? died there and people were like, "Yeah, he had a great life, but he Died in New London, Connecticut. You probably deserve that, Luke. Okay, you know that you deserve. Yeah, I mean, that listen. Anyway. Nobody can say that the American healthcare system, whatever solution you have for it, no one can say that you get you get care quickly and that it's cheap. No one can say that. You you just don't. So yeah, but even you have to with the sit there, but even with the you know the perfect ideal ideological Canadian system, you got to wait a long time for some of that care too, Luke. If sure. All, I mean, yeah, here, here's the answer. It just would have been better if the doctor that was required by the Illinois Commission either A, had done the stitching himself or B, I think it I actually think it's fine that he sent him because here's what uh, this is a true thing. Poor, my, my poor daughter. I don't know if you remember this, BC, when she had that big cut on her forehead, we had to take her to the hospital. She they the doctor there actually had did the same thing to us. He told us we're going to wait for the stitch tech to get here because they're better at it. And they had to get. I think it was 14 stitches on the inside and then like another seven on the outside. Um, and so we had to wait for that whole thing to go through. So I've actually lived through this very thing exactly. But it, it just, I guess it all, all would have been better if for all parties if that guy either A, had stitched him up there or B, if he made the call to the hospital and that would have worked. I think that would have been, that would have been fine. But, you know. What if the attending uh, stitch physician was uh, Jacob Stitch Duran? Would you have been, would you have okayed that, Luke? He he, dude. He would have put Vaseline out there and just been like, "Go get him, Tiger. (laughs) (laughs) Go get him, Tookie. Back to the real world. There you go. Back back to the playground. All right. So that's that. Let's move on if we can 
let's talk about UFC because that card was it was not great going into it, and it ended up somehow even worse. It was Derek a weird Lewis. night of fights, dude. A lot of yeah. there, was, there was a lot of ball kicking. There was pole dancing. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. going on on this card. Yeah, right? there was it was not a normal night. So let's before we talk about Derek Lewis BC, let's quickly talk about the fight that ended up did serving as your main event, a 205 contest between Kennedy and Zechku. I, I can never pronounce this fucking guy's name. I'm sorry. I'm so bad about this. You drop the N, you go right to the Z, and Zechku. I'm going to say that. I don't, I don't think that's right. Adesonia. Adesonia. He stopped uh, Iwan Kutelaba, although Kutelaba started out strong. He eventually had a comeback. What, what's, what can we say about Kennedy uh, Zechku that stands out to you that is reasonable? He's really tall for the division, Luke. All right. All right. That's what I could say. No, look, he showed a he showed a ton of heart in this. I mean, uh, Iwan Kutelaba, we said coming in, hey, he really needs a win here. Really, really needs a win. But one thing he can do is fight downhill when he's got you hurt and just come out guns blazing. He did that. He got Kennedy hurt. Man, that, that first round was, was, was epically bad for Kennedy. You know what I mean? It was almost like Dallas, Luke, for a Kennedy. I mean, it's not like too soon. I, I'm not saying it's a, it was like a great connection, you know, in the moment. But I mean, it's, you know, it's like it's not. It wasn't like it's you know we had a lot of time to do. You know, all right. Um, here's the deal though, Luke. Does this jump through your screen? You know, as get this suit it suit this guy up. He's a contender. No, but this was a big win against a guy you have to beat to advance. I don't know what's next for Kutelab after this, but in relation to Nzekwu, dude, he was tough as nails. Luke, if he can. Use that size to his advantage, with that, which at times it looked like he was trying to on the ground when he was on his back after Kutilaba took him down. He could be something. There's something there. There's a fighting spirit. There, there's an unusual size, and he showed a lot to dig in, hurt the monster back, and get him out of there. Um, I still need to see more, but for a last-minute, unlikely main event, these two, at the very least, they were willing to risk it all, and they showed out for our entertainment. I was impressed. Did you take more from Kennedy, Luke? You know what I'm saying? That, that he's a got a big I mean, future ahead? Here, here's the thing. Here are his... It's hard to know exactly what his real upside is. He's obviously quite talented, and this was a great win by him, by the way. He's got losses to Paul Craig Triangle Choke, but that was his uh, UFC debut. So, you know, okay, whatever. And then he's got losses to uh, Da Un Jung, and then Nikolai Negamorano, who he lost to via split. Um, he does have wins. KO wins over Carlos Olberg. He's got wins over Danilo Marquez. He's got back-to-back TKO wins over Carl Roberson and now Iwan Kutelaba. He's clearly getting better. He's clearly getting better. He clearly put on a pretty good performance. He's got an 83-inch reach, one less than John Jones, one inch less than John Jones. Um, and training with Fortis MMA has really put him in a good position. Rallied here, didn't panic. To me, the more interesting story here is, like, where is Kutelaba in all of this? Three losses in a row. He's only won one in his last seven. Dude, he's so one he, five and one. One yeah. five and one now, over seven. The first Ankalaya fight was just a weird one. You can throw that out. But then he lost cleanly the second time. Had the draw against Dustin Jacoby. He did be- beat Devin Clark. But then has lost three being finished in the first round against Span Walker. And then the second round here against Kennedy. Here's the thing, BC. He came out like a fucking bat out of hell in all of his early fights, he gets with extreme couture and he tries to tighten it up and he is tightening it up. He did look like he had a more um, streamlined, like thought processed kind of way of fighting, but it has made him either more hittable or less dangerous. Or um, How do you diagnose where things have gone wrong for him? I mean, his defense is not great, 
and he takes so many chances offensively that he puts himself in the line of fire. You know, I think he's the type of guy, man, it's like 28 years old still. There's such an explosive frame there to work with and a willingness to make at car crashes and action. If somebody, which as you mentioned, going to Extreme Couture was a smart move. If somebody can really tone that down a bit, you know, it's a little similar to what we were talking about with Johnny Walker going to John Cavanaugh and company, but I don't think you cut him here despite that record. I mean, one five and one is, is a damning stretch. He is willing to fight anybody at any time. And he is willing to go to play the role of the crazy foreign guy the whole. <laughs> and he's also willing to let it all hang out, which he did right here in his last second main event opportunity. This is the type of guy this company loves. That doesn't mean there's still a lot of work to do behind the scenes. Look, is he is Eric Nixick his guy here? Is that the the, the, the I don't think coach? he's the only one, but he's one of them, yes. All right. I'd be interested in talking to Eric and really get a breakdown. I'm like, what parts of that game would you mute a bit? to allow other more fundamental areas to shine because this is a guy who can do a lot and against a certain level could look explosive as shit and exciting, which is why I don't think you want him to just walk out that door and go somewhere else. But you also can't really take on much more losses than this. This is about the limit. So uh, if you were in that gym, Luke, what are you going to tell this guy? I don't know. This is beyond my purview. This is beyond my pay grade. This is a level of difficulty in problem solving I just don't have um, because I do think they're trying to do right by the guy, and I do think he made the right call in going to a gym that we know turns people into champions. You just know they, they can, but they can't turn water into wine either. So it's really a question of like, what can they do for him to tighten up his defense and and make these fights go a little bit longer, I think, than they have been. Um, beyond what they already are doing. I don't know the answer to that. I really just don't know the answer to that, unfortunately. Um, but I guess we're going to find out. Now, there's two other stories from this card that we have to get to. Oh, wait, real, first. Quick, do you, real quick, do you think Kennedy and Jekwu can dunk with ease? I mean, if he can, that's kind of some bullshit. He's 6'5 with an 83-inch reach, He better right? be like, able to because, you know, spoiler alert. The, like, have... the guy can stand up and scratch his knees. We, we're going to have Anthony Smith on uh, Room Service Diaries tomorrow, by the way. So so circle it on your calendars here on Morning Combat. But, you know, he told us at 6'2", he can't dunk. And I was like, you're a world-class athlete, bro. You were one lie away from being the world champion. You can't dunk? He might have been being humble. No, what he said was he could touch the rim. Yeah, but that's not the same the thing as putting the ball over the cylinder and through the hoop. And okay, I know but some my, people my, But my point cares, is, my point right? is, if he... Tra here, here, okay, but if you can already touch the rim... You can train to dunk. Like, he could dunk if he worked at it, right? I don't know. It shouldn't matter in real life, but, Luke, I come from a place where there's certain currency in things like getting a lot of chicks, dunking a basketball, being a diesel man and consuming more alcohol than the regular fare. Um, you know, these are, like, not bad. You know, these are things you would tattoo on your arm like a crazy fraternity would make you do, Luke, just to show people who you are, right? So yeah, when I don't I have see, that. I don't, I don't I bet have you, that. I bet you Kennedy dunks windmills. That's what I think, okay? He there might, you go. He might. All right. Um, what do we want to say about the main event? Derek Lewis falling ill once the event had basically already started. They sent him to the hospital. He was eventually cleared. Some kind of stomach illness, as best I understand it. And they had to pull it. Is there anything to say here, BC, or is it just bad luck? I mean, it is just bad luck. It, does it come at a bad time? I don't know. I mean, he needs a big win, but... But at the same time, I don't think this hurts his standing. And obviously, you, you, for all the talk we are about injuries and Dillashaw's arm falling off 20 times before that fight, if somebody's not up to speed health-wise, I, I, I'm I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often, right? You, you would rather have this happen if somebody's not there. 
But given the, the fact that Derek Lewis needs a big moment to keep his career on track, it was tough timing, but you know, you're going to put him in a main event and anytime he fights still. So he'll be back there soon, but tough to see that Luke, but this story doesn't hold a candle to the interesting uh, legs or arms on the branches there from the tree of what this next one does. Luke, Holy yeah. shit. James right. Krause. So and- James Krause might be in a little bit of trouble. We don't know. I don't, I want to be very clear about that. I don't, I don't know exactly what kind of peril he faces. I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how to look at this uh, other than to say the following. According to one of the fighters who was on the card, who won, who trains at Glory MMA and Fitness, James Krause was pulled from the card about a day before and not allowed to even corner. Now, I don't even know how that is the promotion's call. That, would, that seems to be like an athletic commission call, but whatever the case, he, the, he wasn't allowed to. And then it turns out that the state of New Jersey had alerted their uh, – the, the, the gaming board essentially in New Jersey had alerted – all betters to not take any bets on any fight Kraus was related to, either as trainer, cornerman, coach, you name it, because of this previous, we talked about it last week or two weeks ago, the Derek Minner fight where he went in, the lines switched quickly for his opponent, and then he w- went in there and won via first-round KO in a very all very surprising, unusual way. BC, I'll ask you this question. How much trouble is James Kraus in? Well, it's going to depend right now on what they find, whether this is just, okay, This we're taking this investigation seriously. So because of that, James, you're going to sit this out until we can clear your name. That is a possibility here. But the other possibility, the one where they have information right now, which meant he definitely should not have been there, and they went to the steps to make sure of that and to make this the story it deserves to be, you're, you're in extreme trouble. And I don't mean you know, necessarily what that means in fines or, or, or the penal system and all that. I just mean that here's a guy who makes his living in this game and is one of the best in the world at what he does. And these are the type of offenses. If this is all true and there's a big network and I know it's hard for Krauss right now because he's got that deep connection in gambling with the discord he runs and the podcast and all that, that he's looked at as a gambling guy. If there was some impropriety in how the Derek Minner fight went down or any other fight, Dude, that's like banishment. I mean, look at the headlines with Pete Rose still begging everyone to get in and have his moment. That you know, there's like lifetime banishment built in there potentially if that's the way. Nobody knows because we didn't investigate it. We don't have that inside info unless you're part of that greater circle. But Luke, um, in in professional sports, in the history of this type of thing, which is why anybody that said anything bad about the UFC putting the ban on fighters betting. This is exactly why you do that. So well done, UFC. And maybe you have to ask yourself, did they get a whiff of something like this? And that's why they put that in. Either way, that would be a smart call. But what is this type of potential to be? A a nightmare for James Krause if he was either sharing inside info that that would have to be protected, you know, when you have access to that, given how much money can be bet and how, you know, gambling's not a silent thing anymore. You can't watch a UFC broadcast for two seconds without seeing constant uh, things related to betting or urging or commercials to push you to, to make a bet. This could be very bad. So I applaud everybody for pressing pause and giving this the investigation it deserves I hope for James's sake, this is all blown up and there's a lot of assumptions being made, but you and I watched that Derek Minner fight. We reacted on morning combat. Although none of us have proof that did not look good. I hope for James Cross's sake, this isn't some deep network here. That's going to get blown up and busted Luke, because he's not going to be allowed to work in this sport. If this is the direction it's going. 
I mean, listen, we live in a sport. It's not you. It's not just UFC. It's every sport across every platform. Gambling now, sports gambling and MMA, MMA or sports in general are just intertwined. Even on this show, we occasionally certainly have sponsors where we 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 offer people you know lines and whatnot. And I'm proud of that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think the state has any compelling interest in banning it. But of course, you know, we all have to be responsible actors as it relates to this. And again, I don't know. What, what the situation is with James Cross, James Cross, we're going to have to wait and find out. I will say the one thing that surprised me about all of this, BC, is that f- as far as I can tell, only BloodyElbow.com had an article about it. I didn't see any. I could be wrong. If I am, by all means, no, please ESPN's correct me. No, ESPN's been on top of this, Luke. Mark so Remundi ESPN and- did the story originally, Mark Remundi, and then there were some other ones as well. David but Perdue. in terms of the MMA sites, I think Junkie and Fighting, I didn't see a single article about it. And to me, this is like a fairly important issue where... You know, I mean, just think about it rationally, right? Imagine someone hires a coach to do gambling picks for X UFC. I will just say UFC since we're talking about it. X UFC event, and it's like where are, where is the line being drawn here? And, and in one world, you could be like, well, this is just harmless analysis. You know, make of it what you will. On the other side, it's like there is there's not enough. It seems to me as this process gets going, I don't know that we have enough guardrails between. <laughs> guys using their knowledge to make money in very noble or otherwise, you know, non-pernicious ways, or as it relates to the other side where it all becomes quite below board and potentially illegal or otherwise damaging, the line between them is not so clear. You're right that the UFC tried to introduce some language around that to create some barriers. I think that helps. I don't think the job is done yet. Um, I don't think the job is done yet. In any sport, you you tend to need a major moment, whether it's like the Black Sox scandal of 1919 or City College in New York, college basketball betting scandal in the 50s or, you know, Tim Donahue for the NBA. You you need someone to push that wall down to remind you and let you know that you actually do need a wall and you need him to be firm. So, you know, this is going to end up good because this this isn't look we're just this day this is in some ways a day one situation for pro, pro sports to be this tied into into gambling mm-hmm. just you know we're we got a football team in vegas we're we gonna get an nba team I mean, we are at a level that i just imagine like total when we watch total recall and we see the see the third <laughs> we see the third areola luke we're like damn first of all the future is going to be awesome right but beyond that we're like you know i wonder wow imagine that you know we're there we're there on the imagine that right now so um it's it, you're it's going to take these type of scandals potentially to 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 find out where where the you know where that wall is and where the where the where the rules extend to but i mean look do let, you let, feel let, bad let, that let, you let's have just, let's just imagine a scenario let's imagine i want to be clear about this we are talking about something in theory. In theory, what if this investigation finds that there was some level, whatever it means, of impropriety around Kraus? Is he going to be like banned from the sport? Like, What could happen Okay, here? so while that sounds extreme, you there are punishments handed out in situations like this to prevent it from ever happening again. So you go, that, look, there's the example of why, right? Pete Rose, yes, there's the example of why you should never do it. We are going to drop the bomb on you to to scare everybody else. If he's connected in some type of network where information is being passed like that, and if this fight, which, well, by the way, just for fairness, um, not only Minner, uh, Latifi, a couple other fighters, got they got fined, right? It was, it was no. breaking news for uh, not disclosing injuries to the state commissions. That's another good step to enforce that. But, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going to land this plane, Luke, but let me I'm just saying, land like, what it could right ha- What long. could happen if they find that something below board happened? 
They, I guarantee you they're going to drop the bomb. Does that bomb mean you are banned from this sport? I don't know how. I don't know how you regulate that, but, you know, specifically beyond saying, you know, you're not allowed in our buildings, but there's something potentially very bad that could happen here. So let's hope for Krause's sake that this was just a one-off weird coincidence. But uh, yeah, Luke, I mean, you you wouldn't want, I mean, look, you know, Tim Donahue is never going to walk into an NBA arena again, right? And there's a reason for that. Yeah, well, okay, but that was like, chronic malfeasance I mean, right let's hope that this isn't right let's yeah. hope that this by the way uh just to put my cards on the table kraus called me like a year ago uh and asked if i wanted to be the host of that podcast oh, and, dude, uh, you i just didn't have the time the... i was huh wow they could be you could have been subpoenaed luke okay could have been could have been subpoenaed but i didn't have time um, i didn't have any interest so i yeah i politely I mean, declined no, but no reason to debate anymore in these gyms who's sleeping with who this gambling thing is front page news luke you know <laughs> all right you're just the worst you're the worst human in America. All right, let's uh, finish our top five here, if we can, BC, with one championship. They had their prime, one, I gotta hate the naming convention, one on Prime Video 4 on Friday night. And I gotta say, BC, I keep we keep telling people these one cards, dude, they're not bad. They're not bad at all. They're pretty quality. This one delivered in your main event. Christian Lee becomes a double champ beating, I'm not even gonna pronounce the guy's first name, but Abasov. Uh, so had to come back. It isn't it. It was like it looks like Keon Riam, but it was actually like Cameron. Turns out, Luke. Okay. Yeah, Cameron. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to exactly. I can't, I can't quite get it right, and I don't listen to the commentary very often, so I, I missed it. Uh, BC, amazing fight. Lee gets dropped bad. I was surprised Herb Dean didn't even stop it. Then the fight slows down in the middle rounds, and then round four, Christian Lee comes out and just sticks it to Abasov, getting two enormous belts. As a consequence, how good is Christian Lee? Really good. Really good. I, I don't know the ceiling. I don't know how far he can take it because let's not forget the reason why this fight was so much fun at the end of the day was because Abasov missed weight and wasn't allowed to win his title, but he knows he needed a win and a big statement to be able to go back and fight for his title once again. So he came out with a chip on his shoulder as the bigger fighter and put Christian Lee through hell to get to this eventual uh, victory right here. I mean, look, the first two rounds were mayhem, and Lee took the brunt of that for the most part, although you started, start, you saw the beginning of that rallying spirit in him at the end of the first and certainly through the second. Look, his the amount that the chin he showed, the durability, the comeback, already the champion one division lower, but to step up and take this opportunity. Look, Chatri and company over there at one, every promotion needs something. They need that one hook to get you in, to give it a try, or or the reason to want more MMA in your life. This trend recently that he's doing of of so many of these one fight cards are headlined by champion versus champion fights, whether it's so, you know somebody moving up or moving down and trying to, to go greatness. And what it's producing is insane batshit efforts right here. Can Christian Lee sustain this, get into brawls like this and be the last man standing? Probably not long term. How good is he, though? He showed me so much in this fight to stand through that level of punishment, make the adjustments and then just start putting it on the bigger fighter. Uh, I don't know if it's a gimmick, a trend, or whatever, but a lot of guys are given the chance in this promotion, once they win a title, to to look across the line at another division and pick out whoever you can make the best fight with, and usually that's champion versus champion, and we are seeing people go for it left and right. Christian Lee, man, man, I mean, look, at what is he, 24? 24. We had two 24-year-olds claim titles over the weekend. I mean, you know, they give you the chance there to potentially get noticed and be a star. He's taking that opportunity. 
Um, I, what else? What could you say about this? Look, he went through hell and back to get this. Yeah, I mean, here's my biggest takeaway. He's raw. He's raw in terms of his abilities. He's he, he's clearly got um, a lot of ability, but a lot of, you know, he's a little bit loose here at times, and that, that caused him some problems early. Although Abasov is obviously quite gifted as well. I would say that at 24, he's a double champ. He showed unbelievable grit and determination. And I will say, I loved his striking where he was constantly threatening side-to-side action. He would throw a high kick up to the left and then a body shot to the right. So he was corralling him and cornering him, but going sort of, you know, uh, high, low, left, right, top, middle. He was constantly playing with the location of his strikes, both to be different and to control his opponent. And it worked to beautiful uh, effect. Those elbows at the in the fourth round to then start the the finish. I mean, he clearly has a ton of upside. It's just, even though he's a double champ, it's still a little bit hard to say exactly how far he can go. Right. But his resume already is remarkable. His, again, the level of determination it took. He even said in the post-fight interview that with Mitch Chilson that he like he didn't even know where he was when he was getting hit. It was amazing that Herb Dean didn't stop it. Dude, he was but out on his feet. To, what round was that? Was it the first round? Round he was, one. It was round one. Like, he's not even throwing punches. Look, he was doing like that Teen Wolf dance at the end. And, yeah. he's, and they couldn't and stop he got, the fight he, right he, there. He barely hung on with like a lazy, like, you know, best he could do, just hold on to him kind of shot. And then eventually controlled it and got back. The thing was, Abasov's weight cut fucked him big time. He yes. didn't have hardly energy, any energy after the second round. And that's and why he long- came out just just like, look, I'm going to come out and, and knock you out and right. make a big statement. He And he would have knocked most people out with that effort because he's a hulking puncher. Luke, I, I do want to ask you sort of this this thing. There, There's a bit of a electricity in one that's different. Not only is this a promotion that's emanating from the other side of the world, but, you know, we, we talk about how the you, you can feel the Bushido spirit coming through your screen. You don't see a lot of trash talk. You don't see a lot of... Well, I don't want to say you don't see a lot of gimmicks. You do see some, you know, you Asian fanfare in the way yeah. fights are presented. It's much more theatrical. But you don't see the type of stuff that American fight promotions throw at you. Yet the fights are are crazy or just as crazy, if not crazier here. What is fueling that that sort of magic that one can show more often than not that these two people are going to like fight to the death to win this thing? I think partly it's a little bit of luck. To be quite honest with you, it's a little bit of luck. I think also they don't have a ton of like American style wrestlers, you know, whose whole bit is just kind of grind you out. They don't have they don't have any John Fitch types, right? Yeah. Not not many of them anyway. So I think that's part of it. I will say this too. And again, we took a dump. I took a dump on one on Friday for their silly weight cutting system that people have put an enormous amount of false confidence in. However, however, in fairness to them, dude, their rule set is better. Like, if you hurt someone and they scramble to their hands and knees to get away, you can drill them right in the head with a knee. It makes the stakes of that way, 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 way more dangerous at any moment. And so it creates a little bit more drama, a little bit more theater. So I think between having less guys who are interested in that sort of grinding, top control, wrestle pressure, and then on top of it, a better rule set that drives action, you just tend to get a little bit more magic as a consequence. Right now, the magic's flowing. So shout out to what the Rod Tank fight in the co-main event was, you know, good, was Muay Thai Tremendous. theater at, at its best. Luke, we're going to get into it and have you seen the shit about Oscar Willis, Mac Life, MMA journalist turned insane amateur fight taker. And he was in a three-round war. No one, I didn't even know it was going to happen. 
he has a certain level of respect now, like E. Casey Lydon, when the fighters look at him, that's just different now because he went down to the to the to the red light district with him and, and, and put his heart on the line. If I somewhat similarly, but you might disagree, enter season two of one championship apprentice edition and I win the job with Chatri. What will the MMA industry think of me after that? Like we're about to praise Oscar Willis's crazy balls. What will they be saying about me? Chatri is fucked now that he has to work with you. <laughs> all right, all right, Luke. That's that's fine. But uh, him and I could tear up Singapore together. You have to understand. <laughs> you right? probably could. You probably yeah. could. But yeah. Christian Lee, you're double champ now, lightweight and welterweight. Remarkable. Oh, did you see? Um, What's her name on the grappling undercard, Luke? Danielle Kelly? Kelly. You see, she got a great win, and then she responded to some trash talk from Angela Lee, and now they're considering hyping up some, like, grappling super fight. Are you into that at all? I, you know, I've always said this. Like, anytime they put pro grappler versus pro MMA fighter, it's not... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's not a lot of mystery about what's about to fucking happen here. That's why all these fights about MMA fighters versus boxers are just silly. It's like there's not a lot of mystery about what's going to happen here, uh, to be quite honest with you. So, yeah, I think Daniel Kelly will, if it's a jujitsu match, will beat the fucking shit out of her. Like, I don't think it'll be close at all. Um, But, you know, change the rules a little bit and it's a different situation. right? Like if you do some kind of Rod Tang versus Demetrius type like gimmick rules per round or something. I don't know. Yeah. If you did that, it might get a little bit different. But even then, that was I mean, you talk about one doesn't have gimmicks. That's the that's an old gimmick, not even a new one. Um, And I'm trying to catch up on on what I've missed in one. I just watched the Angela Lee uh, Stamp Fairtex fight. Look, that was wild as shit, man. This, this, this I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm st- like, like that damn smart cage in trapping me last year for my feels. Although I don't know if I've reciprocated them back this season. Um, I'm, 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 I'm getting high off the supply here lately on one, but we'll see. Smart, they'll, smart they'll cage is going to have its work cut out for it when those pay-per-view buys don't come in. <laughs> smart cage yeah, smart. Real trouble. I mean, how smart is your cage if they can't get in front of that and be like, hey, guys, not a good idea here. Our numbers are telling us that, uh, yeah, all right. There oh, by go. the way, before we uh, transition to DMs, I want to do this. I forgot to do it at the end of the Bellator uh, segment. Should you be interested in more Bellator content? Remember, we have two more events just this uh, sorry we have two more events just this month or i should say before the year is over december 9th bellator 289 i believe i don't it's not official yet i believe i'll be there for fight week i think you will be for just a little bit as well this of course is the rafian stats danny sabatello who by the way they were there on friday night yelling at each other that was funny yeah uh, liz carmouche is going to rematch against juliana velasquez and then patchy mix for the other side of the bantamweight bracket against Magomed Magomedov. So that's going to be interesting. Dude, also, let's just say it. 
Bellator's on fire right now. That was a Friday night's card had one of those like old school Coker tent pole pole feel, you know, feels to it in terms of the top end of it. You're going to do another one that night. You just mentioned December 9th. You got the Bellator versus Risen card New Year's Eve, right? It's promotion right. versus promotion. And right. then around the horn, you're going to come back on February 4th on, on CBS for uh, Fedor Bader 2 along with Nemkov versus Romero. Dude, shit's heating up. For, uh, yeah, Coker they're having a good end of the year, good start to the next year. And by the way, we don't know yet official, so this is not Luke telling you official Showtime news, but my understanding is the Bellator MMA versus Ryzen event won't be aired live on Showtime. It will air sometime later that next day at a time that is, you know, um, you know, more suitable for American audiences, I think. That's my understanding, but that's not an official proclamation. All right? So there you have it. BC, that's it for my top five. want to remind folks, we're getting closer to the end of the month, and you know what that means. It's almost time to select the first ever Money Lion Hammer of the Month. For those of you who have missed it, a few weeks back, we decided we wanted to start spotlighting undercard fighters who aren't getting the recognition they deserve. BC, our new sponsor, Money Lion, agreed. So we came up with Hammer of the Month, which invites you guys, the viewers, to nominate which undercard fighters blew your effing mind and deserve to be rewarded for it. You can go to moneylion.com slash morningcombat to learn more. BC, anyone on your radar related to this particular week? I mean, uh, is Vanessa Demopoulos allowed to be on my uh, yes. Hammer of the Month yes. radar? I was a... wondering if you were going to say that. Yes, the answer is I mean, we're going to see a lot of her and have you seen this shit, but that was actually like a really good win for her. She's starting to put together three in a row. Um, You know, I, I loved, uh, this month has produced a lot. I'm trying to think who else. Look, you know who I thought might enter this conversation again was Roman Feraldo on the Bellator yeah, card at he, eight, no, with he, eight knockouts. I, 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 people were killing me because they were like, I bet based on you. I'm like, first of all, don't bet based on anything I tell you. Not, I, not a good idea, number one. Number two, I also thought he fought... He looked frustrated to me. I don't think he yeah. fought up to his potential. Now, Levon Chokoli, you could add to Hammer of the Month because he had a really... He, in Dude. fact... He did was, have a smart win. Well, you know, uh, why over. did he frustrate Feraldo? Who once Feraldo realized that like Chokoli's not going anywhere if you if you unload on him and this is going to be a sloppy war. It was like a fight or flight moment. And Feraldo, I don't take anything away from him. He chose fight and he just went for it. But when you don't get the finish and your gas tanks down to nothing and you haven't been in this type of fight at this level, that's when you look. That's when you start to expose the things that you typically can only add through experience. This will end up being a huge experience for Roman Feraldo's future. But man, he seemed to unload the kitchen sink and Chokely kept coming. So that's that is a hammer of the month worthy performance out of uh, Le- Le- what is his name? Levon? Levon Chokely. Yeah, he's he Georgian shall be as well. Levon Luke. He shall huh? be a good man. All right. Yeah. Also, by the way, Sullivan Cauley. Sullivan yes. Cauley was on the prelim card, matched up with an enormously jacked opponent, right? I was like, holy fuck. And both were undefeated heading into it. I forget the guy's name, but Sullivan Cauley, his opponent tried to take his back very inadvisably, didn't set it up well at all, misses it, ends up on bottom, and Sullivan Cauley with two fucking shots completely put his lights out. Dude, how about Heavy. this dude? Terrifying about, ground pound. How about Daniel? What's his name? Uh, what was the guy's name? Daniel James. Daniel James on the main card. Yep, dude, he's like a bodyguard to a famous rapper. Forty years to, uh, old. He was a bodyguard yeah. to uh, Twista. Yeah, he just goes out there, and I, you know, Tyrell Fortune looked like he was, you know, he's had a he's had a couple blemishes, but he looked like he was on his way to to getting that title shot. 
And dude, he ran into somebody who was hungry, ready. You'll see him as well. And have you seen this? Also, shit? that so, dude looked like Daniel James is old. He's like 41 or something. Yeah. But that dude looks fucking big, man. He's like 6'6". Six, 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 six. Yeah. yeah, he's a fucking big dude, you know? So, so look, you know, at Moneyline on Twitter, at Moneyline Inc. on Instagram, hashtag hammer of the month, holy hammer, balls bonanza. Hey, whatever you want to hash it out, hashish, legalized, whatever you want to do, I'm sure uh, Moneyline Hammer of the Month is ready. Luke, somebody's going to win that big-ass hammer, okay? I can't wait to see who. Yeah. Uh, all right. With that in mind, BC... It's time for the DMs. Let's see what we got. Let's 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 see what our male viewers are asking yeah, us. Next. We've got male, yes, mostly male viewers. Uh, Look, name I three female like fans. Go shit. ahead. Hold on, All Luke. Right. Name three female MK fans. Go, go. Uh, Jay Paquette's wife. Dawn. Yeah, the boss lady. Yeah. Uh, let me think. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, oh, another one emailed me. I can't say her last name because I don't want to give it away, but. Uh, Sasha is another one who emailed me. She emailed me over the weekend. Is this a so real person, two. Luke, or is this an invitation to? Uh... No, 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 no. She's she um she okay. She is tired of hearing you and me complain how pathetic we are. <laughs> and she goes, "If she you're this wife? upset <laughs> about it, fucking do something about wow. it." And I was like. Yeah, fair, fair. No, that's, I mean, uh, but she, maybe, but, maybe that's but, what we but, needed. Yeah. But she gave constructive advice about what her husband had done, who's a similar age to you and me, yeah. to get right. So I appreciate that. Did it that. involve TRT? It did. As a matter of fact, it did. Viagra? <laughs> no, it didn't involve Viagra. Okay, uh, just okay. TRT. Um, right. and, and some other stuff, too. But uh, there's that. And uh, yeah, I couldn't name a third. All right. All right. Shout out to Melissa Loves Nachos, Luke. Oh, think, yes. Melissa Loves Nachos. I think she's going to Brazil for the big card, the pay-per-view card coming up. World traveler there, Luke. Hey, I wish I had the time and the money. All right. From at Jack Craig, double underscore. Worst name ever. <laughs> the Superman jab was one of GSP's best weapons, and he seemed like he couldn't miss with it for his entire career. Why haven't more people incorporated that strike into their game? Such a difficult shot to see coming because you have to leave your feet. It's not so easy to do. It's very, very difficult to do. As yeah, a Luke. Why? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why, Luke. I mean, did, you could see it coming, right? People, I mean, it's it's a this well disguised strike, but it became so regularly used, right? Yeah, that but it's, it's like any other thing. You have to learn how to blend it into the rest of your game. You have to right. learn how to do it correctly. You have to keep your elevation low. You still have to leave your feet to do it. George St. Pierre would do it in a way where sometimes he would do it just to cover distance to then land an outside uh, low kick. So he would pump it get back to stance and then fire and chop. You know, he would do that. Um, but, you know, it's like, it's not, because one guy makes it work well doesn't mean that it would work well for everyone or that everyone wants to do that kind of a thing. It's a perfectly good strike, but it's not some kind of strike that's so good, so amazing that you, if you don't have it, you don't have complete striking. Have we ever seen, uh, in at least in UFC, Pereira or Izzy, throw a Superman strike, like maybe once or twice at most between them. Not really. And yet you can see they have very complete games. So it certainly can be valuable. So it's, it's perfectly fine as a technique. But folks think of techniques as like, these are good techniques, these are bad techniques. And yes, there are some that are more high percentage than others, and there are some that are done incorrectly. But among the universe of correctly done ones, you don't need all of them. You, you just need the ones that are best for you. So yeah. Uh, look, real question here. What if GSP and I right now switched lives, meaning all the things I do or don't do for my body and intake and ingest and all the things he does for his body every single day? We switched it completely. We slept in each other's houses. Who would tap first? 
meaning that like that lifestyle was was just killing them you know what i mean would it be me early on in the fitness or him once the deltas and the in the food and the in this you know this the set it lifestyle just just caught up with his mental health and then he's like i gotta get out of this yeah i think he would quit after like five cheeseburgers he'd be like what the fuck am i doing with my well life? i don't yeah. have that anymore because of my liver luke okay i'm, I'm, I'm right. I after am... after two two late nights ordering acai and, and pad thai he'd just be like fuck all this <laughs> That's right. accurate. That is accurate. Wow. All right. <laughs> Next. Uh, let's see. I do like acai late at night, though. It's good. All right. What do we got? Uh, from Trex underscore 30H. Again, worst name ever. Would Kimbo Slice have been the king of BKFC? Fucking great question. Shame yeah. the timelines didn't cross. BC, I'm going to say no, because I think after the Gannon fight, he was really never the same, to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we can overlook. great. Like, we always talk about, like, a crazy war, you know, think UFC five rounds, 25 minutes, what it takes off your life, Hendo versus Shogun Wan, those type of fights. You're like, oh, God, Thumb, the- Corrales, Castillo, they'll never be the same, but thank you for that theater. Dude, that Sean Gannon fight became, like, life or death, that battle. That was, like, insane, right? It was, like, a half hour or an hour or something, and it was just, like... Just they just killed each other basically. Yeah, yeah. until and until way, one I'm of told, them couldn't stand. I'm told. I'm told. I'm told by people who were there that fight and like knew him afterwards that Sean Gannon was never the same afterwards. Like both of those guys left that shit fucked up. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their face. Uh, Gannon's face was just. I mean, I can't. Like what? I, you know, nothing will ever compare. Obviously, when we first all got into Kimbo and we that was like YouTube was just on the scene and we all stuck to him because it felt grimy it was like it was a fight that felt like watching gross porn right but that sean gannon fight was that's that's probably the end for him of that feeling like that was as gross and grimy watching that remember that i watched that a million times though it's like watching somebody get executed it was like faces of death of fighting look it was just grimy yeah like a freaking warehouse i mean but the answer about kimbo dude I, i i i mean dude kimbo could obviously sling the dogs you know but his chin was not elite um, so I don't think so. I, do we have full proof of that? I, I, I always thought gas tank was always his issue. Now, he did have a lot of yeah, steroids. Yeah, but he's like two-minute rounds. I mean, I'm not here to say, like, oh, Kimbo had a bad chin. That's not what I'm saying. But he didn't have – there wasn't much evidence he had a super elite one. And I just feel like at BKFC, you would get some guy who, you know, would just have a, a kind of tolerance for that sort of thing that – I don't. also, by the time he got – folks forget this, too – by the time he got popular, he was kind of old. His knees were fucked from like day one. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, so do you, it wasn't like they remember? got Kimbo at twenty-one or something. I'm trying to think of time where he got outside of the Petrozelli quick knockout. I'm trying to think of a time in MMA where he got hurt from strikes that wasn't related to exhaustion. Where where we could even comment about the chin? Let me. What pull am I forgetting? Up, oh, dude. I mean, he got hurt from a lot of different ones. Hold on. Let me pull up his resume here real quick. Um, since I'm going off memory, and that's not. I mean, a good that idea. Shamrock fight became a <laughs> became. I mean, the Dada. Fight, I mean, come on, these, these are late model fight, but even Prime, like obviously, Mitrione whooped him. Mitrione whooped him. Um, and then I was at the James Thompson fight. You know, he was getting hit with big shots there too. Again, not like it's a bad chin. And you're right, cardio also played a role there. A monster but, role, like, monster. Role. But like you know, when it came uh, when it came time to to go mano a mano like that and there's a lot of times where he just couldn't he couldn't keep it keep up with it for either exhaustion or damage related reasons dude uh, again, i was he, how old was kimbo when he died hold on kimbo was kimbo was 42 god he was 42 yeah. when he died jesus um, um dude i watched <laughs> the, i watched the build and the actual fight to when he fought ray mercer in that mixed rules fight like 
I was so dialed into that being a boxing guy who also discovered Kimbo. Like, Luke, that was also as low level as it gets that that fight that build to that sort of. It was Cage Fury fighting championships. It was regional. It was you know it was a MMA like debut. But Um, I'm saying it felt it felt like county fair level. you know, professionalism. I mean, I think Colonel Bob was calling it. I mean, it was, you know, it was, yeah. Like, it could, they could have had it at a diner is really what I'm saying, Luke. You know, like in the back. Yeah, it could, yeah. yeah, it could have. It could have. Uh, all right. Let's go to the next one. From Pat McCain, 34. Not the worst name, but not a great one. Who wins in a three-round fight, Oscar Willis or CM Punk? Luke, did you uh, watch CM his Punk, entire fight? Did you? I watched. I watched a couple rounds. I didn't see the whole thing. Okay. Um, let's break it. I mean, we're gonna well, we're gonna break down his fight, his fighting style, and and have you seen the shit when we see a little bit of it? But uh, uh, dude, CM Punk sucked, but he he was all in and he seemed to train hard on the wrestling part of it. I mean, he wasn't. You know, also, ready dude, for Oscar it. Willis is cheeky Tico. He's a little man. Um, you know, Oscar CM Willis is- um had a w- fighting will. I mean, he was he willing to go after it. Um, I think CM Punk would would take him down and control it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he would. He yeah. Would. Okay. Um. But you know who's got the moxie? Oscar Willis got that moxie. I mean, dude, he's at another level in terms of his willingness to roll the life dice, and I can respect that. Okay. Yeah, he's fist fighting in cages and banging midgets. I mean, the guy's a complete degenerate. Well, I don't know any part of what you're talking about on that ladder. I don't even know if you're allowed he to did say a, that. He but. did a podcast with uh, Dan Hooker where he talked about banging. Uh, excuse me, I shouldn't say that. Banging no, little people. Sh- I don't even think you should say anything related to that, but that's, uh, you know, wow, that's a... Yeah, aren't they? But they're it, I'm, not, I'm not revealing private information. This is so all that's out like room, there. They do basically room service diaries, European edition, right? Or Yeah, Austin. something like that. Well, yeah. Dan Hooker's from New Zealand, but yeah. yeah. Right. Strange accent edition, anyway. Do, all right. do, do Australians and New Zealanders love each other like we just assume because they're down on the other side of the world next to each other? I tend to think that like there obviously are some rivalries. Like I know when the All Blacks play um um what's the what's the team name for the uh the national team for Australia? It's not the Springboks, that's South Africa, but whatever. When uh, they play, there is uh you know, there's a fair amount of consternation and whatnot, but I tend to think there is some solidarity between them. Oh, you so, know what was lost in the have you seen this shit purge this week? Did you see those videos uh, with Gordon Ryan and Jason Momoa wearing like Wearing like uh, handkerchiefs over their dongs, Luke. Did you see that? No, I did not. That's a uh, real thing. People won't see it this week because I lost all all my links for a full week. I mean, I, I was devastated, devastated, Luke. Okay. Uh, the Australian rugby team. Oh, they're called the Wallabies. Not a very, uh, you know, not a very intimidating name, if I can be honest. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Next. Uh, from. How do you pronounce these Irish names? It's uh, like Sharon, Sh- Sharon, Sh- Sharn. I'm just gonna say Sharn. Uh, D- Delaney. Rasso? I don't know. Yeah. Who do you think will win the World Cup? I don't know. Some fucking dude. This World Cup is gross as shit. Okay, I'm not op- gonna watch a second of it. Not because soccer sucks. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm into World Cups. I'm into super elite soccer. When the crossover, well, dude, the World, the World Cup me. is not the best tournament in soccer. Like no, I, I agree with that. And I, whenever the crossover mainstream vortex is pulling me in for some major reason, I watch it. It's great, but I don't care about this shit at all. But that's not political, re- political related. I'm just, you know, I'm in my own world, Luke. Are you really going to go the distance and not watch one second of them going back to one of your hometowns? See, here's the problem. It's not possible for me to avoid it because my entire Twitter feed is full of like, like I follow all these soccer journalists and all these soccer outlets. 
Like, I I am getting it no matter what. Am I sitting down to watch? No, that's what I'm not doing. I'm not sitting down to watch. It's fucking, it's, it's, it's beyond gross. Like, thousands and thousands and thousands of poor people died to make these stadiums. The way in which they got here is because the whole system was corrupt and, and they were bought and paid for. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely fucking disgusting in every way. And then today, this James is why Krause he's like, involved at all? Who? James Krause? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. But this is, this is the part that just drives me nuts. This is like a different kind of, kind of conversation. Like, listen, if athletes want to take up causes that matter to them, I, I don't begrudge them that. But you always need to be careful about like, oh, well, the NBA supports X causes or Y causes because it's clearly very important to them. No, people will take up progressive causes just to make, or I shouldn't say people, organizations, excuse me, will take up causes just to make themselves look good. So I don't know if you saw the controversy that happened just today, like hours ago, BC, where all of the, so the captain of the various teams, they wear an armband to designate who is the captain when they're playing on on the field. And the ones that they had all had for this tournament were like, it was like one love. And then it had like, I think some of the gay pride colors in the, in, inside of a heart. And uh, FIFA said at basically at the request of, of Qatar, that if any player wears that, they're going to get an automatic yellow card. And of course, those can pile up. In which case, you get you can you obviously get fined and then remove from matches if you get uh, enough of them. It, it can it can be a competitive problem. And they all crumbled immediately. They all said, "Yeah, no problem. We're not going to wear that anymore." It's like, dude, I don't need you to wear that if that's not a thing you care about. But right. if you're going to promote these causes then you have to promote the consequences of these causes as well. You don't get to promote them when it feels right to you. Like all these, like we are Disney. We care so much about corporate social responsibility. Shut the fuck up. You made that Mulan remake in the same region where they're holding all the Uyghur Muslims in, you know, in utterly indefensible conditions. All of this shit is so phony. It's so ridiculous so on either side, I really just want no part of it, to be honest with you. All right. Well, Luke, uh, by the way, the other day I took my kids to um, Wakanda Forever in 3D. Ooh, how is it? Dude, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And, no, like, get out of here with that I'm not, shit. Okay, I'm not putting it up on the on the BC fave all-time list with like 1917 and, you know, uh, the deer hunter and, you know, uncut gems and uh, beautiful girls and stuff like that, Luke. Or episode four or Rogue One, you know, the, my favorites of all time, yeah, Tommy yeah. Boy. But for what it is in that category, which is not a category I tend to live in outside of the Star Wars universe, it was freaking awesome. And it was one of those. Uh, no, so I saw it in 3D, mind you, okay? So, it, you know, I get, um, you automatically feel like you're in the movie to begin with, right? Especially if you're sitting in the eighth row. But uh, I will also say, Luke, that. Uh, it, <coughs> Like it made you, it was one of the, it, it reminded me of what it was like to watch a movie as a kid when like you are sucked into like one of those in theater, you know, amazing life changing experiences when you are sucked in, you don't know what time it is. You don't know that you have a real life. You only know what's going on in that movie. Um, it was great. And Kamaru Usman, yes, Mikey Kamaru Usman was in it. He's got a cameo and he's awesome in it. Like Tyron Woodley as Sensei Odell in the Cobra Kai season five, which you'll never see, Luke. Uh, but we'll never see that, dude. Yeah. This was, it was the, awesome. The lives I of want, teenagers are stupid and uninteresting. Yeah, like I want to sit here and and pick apart this or that, but I can't. Like you know, it was it was top to front to it's back. It's so top funny. To a buddy of mine went. He's big into Marvel, um, and you know, love. I love the first Black Panther. I thought the first one was great. Yeah. Uh, 
But he didn't like this one. He didn't like this one. I mean, he didn't hate it. He didn't hate it. But he was like, it didn't have the majesty of the first one. Do you understand that at all? One of my so I've only seen I've seen the first one, but I saw it in like different uh, at different times in different pieces. So it kind of screws it up to a degree. But okay. um, my, one of my sons said, like, best movie I've ever seen, Dad. And then the other twin said, yeah, it was good, but not as good as the first one. So, uh, you know, I was on the side of for this type of movie. That's about as great as it can be, like right there. I also don't live in this genre, as you know, and need to rewatch the first one to get really get a book. But, you know, to give but you these kids aren't reliable. They we went to Black Adam and I thought it sucked and they both loved it. So, you know, look, well, your take kids, they need, they need some movie help. So let me get this straight. Were you dad of the year showing up to the movies high with your kids? <laughs> no, that would never happen, Luke. But uh, I would never do something like that. But we did. You know, I did a lot. Of, we got ices inside, Luke. It was that big of a flick, right? You know, when it's a big flick, when you know it's going to be a, you know, a thing, you know, you got to get the icy. You got to buy the candy next door at Walgreens first. And then you got to go and you got to step up your game and get the big ass large icy and just go after this film, you know, and and. And you know, put the the seat. Dude, they you opened. This- a, they they opened a, a really nice movie theater in my neighborhood. Finally, um, uh, so I've been meaning to go to. It. I was going to go on one of my days off. My wife was like, "I want to see that movie." Last question on Wakanda, on Wakanda Forever. Yes. Do they navigate the lack of Chadwick Boseman well? Yes, both storyline wise, uh, you know, brief little cameo shots. They don't like bring him back to life like Luke Skywalker or Carrie Fisher in the new yes, Star God. Wars ones, but. Uh, yeah, and then there's 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 the new character, the other sister, who's played by that chick who was in uh, Us. She was the star of that, and she also won the Academy Award in the uh, Twelve Years a Slave movie. Forgot her name, but she is tremendous, Luke, as in that role as well. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, dude again, not my genre. This thing kicked me right in the face right away. I knew I was in for something special. Okay, I'm on a good run lately, Luke. Even Top Gun's part of that run, the remake. I mean, it's not you know. Uh, it's not going to win the Academy Award, but that was a great in-theater experience. I'm picking the right ones, Luke, okay? Except yeah. for Black Adam starring The Rock. Yeah, the Top Gun in the theater was very much the right call. That was a great call. That was true. Uh, do we have any more? I think we have one more, Oh, right? wait, dude, is- Luke, did you ever... Um, I forgot. Keep it going. Sorry. There you go. That's great. Uh, from Oso Aldaco. Oso Aldaco. Uh, what are you two dogs thankful for? What do you think, BC? Well, I think we should have probably have like, you know, big picture items and then smaller ones. Right. I mean, you know, I'm thankful for my for my health, but really my family's health. You know, I'm, I'm obviously the, the, the things that really matter. Right. In your life. I'm my five animals. Luke, I'm thankful as shit for them as well. Um, but, you know, work wise, crossover wise, thankful that we have a fan base that is um, <laughs> that is as voracious and weird and awesome and creative and loyal and honest, especially when they're like, all right, guys, all right. I mean, I mean, how many more commercials does one show need? Um, Luke, we have like, like, that's why as much as we push to certain engagement goals, clicks, subscriptions that obviously help us. And, you know, yeah, I'll push you to that, too. Let's go get like and subscribe. Yeah. woohoo! Vote for us on that award so we can get a live show out of it. OK, cool. I don't care about the numbers. I'm about qu- quality and you know, we could have a hundred diehards, Luke, and maybe at some points in my podcasting career, I only had a hundred or a thousand diehards, right? These 120 something thousand, and maybe let's say even if, you know, a third of them are hardcore, they're hardcore as shit. Like, I almost feel like if I posted randomly in the middle of the night on Twitter and was like, I was just wronged by this person, 
grab your grab your your tree branch, light it on fire and, and take them out for me. You know, I'm not trying to say I'm trying to develop the MK Proud Boys. Look, I'm not. But I feel like these people would show up in line with kidneys for me. And I and I, you know, and at least, you know, thought wise, maybe not in physical action. I would do the same for them, Luke. Okay, that's a weird way to answer that question. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's not, my life is not super complex or remarkable beyond the normal contours of anyone else's life. So what am I thankful for? Two things, quite obviously. One, I am extremely lucky to have, you know, my wife in my life, my daughter, who's like the center of my life, frankly, at this point, um, and my family more generally. Like those things can all be taken from you. We all, you know, we've lived through a year where we lost Elias Theodoru and, and Anthony Rumble Johnson, and like how you know the how life can be quite ephemeral in certain ways. So I'm very grateful for that, and also, dude, like it's hard to maintain jobs in this industry. You know, it's hard, man. It's hard year after year to be relevant. It's hard to to offer um, the kind of content people want. And I am beyond grateful to be sitting in this chair. Like this chair is, a, I'm lucky and blessed. And um, I don't take I don't take one episode for granted ever. I mean, I might do good episodes and bad ones, like when I'm breaking down Hadolfo Vieira fights that aren't happening. But I hope folks understand that mistakes aside, um, you know, none of this is. I'm not owed any of this. This could all be taken away like that. And so the fact that I get to live it out as long as I have has been. Um, I'm I am the luckiest man alive. Some days I feel wow. like wow. Don't go Garrig on us. I mean, don't, you know. yeah, I mean, I look in the mirror and I want to spit based on what I see back in the reflection. So, you know, not everything's hunky dory, but uh, there are a lot of things going right. And I'd be a fool to not recognize them, you know? Okay. All right. All. I, I mean, you know, do you have any uh, thing you're thankful on a, you know, micro, not as important level? Like, Luke, I'm thankful for the 1970s because my vinyl collection is just taking me on journeys that I never, you know, they're just every night, Luke. I'm just, you know, you know I was thinking about this the other day. I am thankful for having gone like. I'll be honest, like when I signed up for the Marine Corps and it started to get closer and closer, I'm like, man, I don't want to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to go and spend seven years, eight years, whatever it was doing this shit. I just don't want to do it. And then I just went through with it. And there were long stretches where I did not like being in the military. It wasn't for me. And I would not, I would do it again, but I, I wouldn't, I would make the same choice that when my contract is up, I would move on. Uh, But I'm really glad I did it. Like really glad I did it. It was very difficult and not fun for long stretches, but it it was so helpful for so many life experiences I would later encounter. Yeah, And um, I feel like there's a lot of young men out there lost about who they are and how to navigate the world. And based on the experiences I've had, not just the Marine Corps, but other ones too, I've never felt that way. I've never felt like, gee, what's the next stage to work towards? I'd always had a clear understanding of the ladder. Whether I could climb it, different story, but... The path was never dark. It was never dark. I, I think that's in, uh, I think that's a very important thing, Luke. You know, I didn't enter the service, but you know, I probably had my own similar experience. I mean, I delivered newspapers at three in the morning every day of the year for a how year. How long and did a half. you do that? While having a full time job as well. That shows you how desperate I was to not have to try to move back into my parent with my parents. Um, would you say how old was I? How- no, no, no. How long did you deliver papers that like that early in the morning? Uh, a year and a half. <sighs> and uh, eventually I, I, I paid somebody to do my weekends. But uh, yeah, like, you know, I mean, when you're 
when you're already like supposed to be an adult and you're out on your own and you, like I said, you have a full-time job, but then you're like, oh man, I, I, I don't know what I'm doing in life. I can't, I can't function. I can't be an adult. I can't pull this off. And you're like, okay, I just need something else to get me through. Uh, so I took on that job and man, when you're out there and like it's snowing and sleeting and it's, you know, negative degrees and you have a lot of those moments, probably like you had in boot camp, where you're like, I never want to do this again. I can't, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this, but maybe one day it'll all be worth it. And, you, you uh, know what they used to do to us? Marine Corps boot camp is the longest. It's 13 weeks in the Army and in the Air, and the Air Force are much shorter. And they used to tell us, like, at every interval, like, hey, if you were in the Air Force, you'd be done today, but you're not, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, they would remind us that every, if you were in the Army, you'd be done today, but you got five weeks left, you fucking whore you know you're just yeah. in your face with it all the time i used to want to fucking strangle them when they did that but you know but you but do? you're thankful for having you know survive that you know? yeah like, I exactly don't... like in the end i'm glad it turned out the way that it did it's just yeah. when it's difficult in the moment it's so hard to accept you know but yeah. afterwards you're like shit that was dude let me let me just say one last thing we can move on the answer okay hard work won't solve all your problems that's not true like you can't just work your way through everything However, the answer to probably a lot of your problems is on the other side of hard work. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It, hard work has to be paired with you growing through your setbacks and weaknesses and trying to become a better person and doing, making the life changes you need to do that. Then you pair that with hard work and, you know, mountains can move. And it typically does when you sort of get it, right? Quote, unquote, get it. You put it together. You're like enough of delivering papers in the snow. Like, you know, enough of that shit. But... Um, yeah, at the same time, Luke, you get to a certain level where what separates everybody? Hard work, okay? And luck. Don't forget luck. That's relevant, too. Yeah, there's a few other sprinkles of ingredients you'll need. But uh, build that foundation, though, that no one's going to outwork you, that you'll bleed for this life. And uh, you'll have a lot to be thankful for in whatever endeavor you choose. All right, there you go, Luke. That's our uh, that's our DMs, right? That's, yeah, that's it. Right. All right, let's see. Let's. It's time for BC's feces. All right, look, I don't. I can't vouch for this group. I put it together angry and last minute. But what I did in purpose, in theory, and sorry if all your favorite ones won't get shown this week because of that purge, is I scoured the globe for the good, the bad, the ugly, the in between, combat sports beyond. Bitch, this is called. Have you seen this ish? BC's feces, y'all. All right, I want to see some elder abuse, you sack of shit. Uh, I don't know if we have that this week. Here's what we do have, and let's shout them out. Luke, I don't know the promotion. I don't know what state this took in, but MMA journalist Oscar Willis had an amateur debut. It went three rounds. I mean, I mean, could he telegraph this punch more? That's him and the... Two, uh, <laughs> these motherfuckers are standing right in front of each other. <laughs> he got dropped. He dropped the other guy. I mean, this was a, oh, a war. Man. Oh, shit. And he and pulled out right a his guard. Yeah, he pulled out a split decision over three rounds. You can watch the entire fight, including background uh, footage of him behind the scenes uh, on Oscar Willis's um, Instagram page and probably elsewhere. But uh, dude, shout out to Casey Lydon who did the same thing. I didn't know yep. Oscar was planning for this. I just think when we see him with his shirt off interviewing people, it's like part of the gimmick. But apparently, he's been getting in good shape. I mean, look, he's got some stuff to work on in terms of, like, head movement and stuff, but, dude, he was an animal in this fight. Yeah, he's got some intensity. I mean, I'm, I'm, to be clear, I'm killing him uh, out of love. We love Oscar Willis. I had him on the show one time when you were out. We'll have him back on again. We, we, we get along real. If you guys don't know Oscar Willis, this is very cool and commendable that he did this, but just this aside, 
You know, listen, this isn't as true as it used to be, but let me sort of state this outright. Years ago, it used to be the case that MMA media, and they still do to an extent, all secretly kind of hate each other, to be honest with you. They all secretly like jab at each other behind the scenes, and they all secretly fucking are jealous of each other or whatever. Oscar Willis is just one of the nicest guys. Now, and I'm not saying that like, you know, oh, I'm just finding something nice to say. No, really, he's easy to get along with. He's funny. He's experienced in the industry. He knows his work. He knows his job. He does a phenomenal job with the stuff over at the Mac Life. A, let me just say this. A very, BC, would you agree? A yeah. very easy guy to cheer for. Oh, very yeah, absolutely. Lo- love talking with him. That guy's a fun, I mean, he's a, I don't go out at night, Luke, because I'm an old POS, but I'm sure that guy's a great hang but, uh, dude, like he never broke in this fight. This fight was a war. It was like sloppy as shit at times. He just stood in there, and I'll give him so much credit, man, for, for getting to the finish and then getting that win, dude. Um, I mean, he did what most of us aren't either brave enough or crazy enough to do, and maybe it's a combination of both. So shout out to him getting a taste or, of or it. Or dumb enough. There's also that possibility. That's also that. Speaking of getting a taste of it, Luke, Vanessa Demopoulos making headlines, as always, at UFC Dude, Fight Night. I knew Night. this one was going to be on your radar. You are unbelievable. So her fight with Maria Oliveira had a, had a you know contentious buildup, and then she got the win relying on her game plan for the first time she said after the coaching and all that but look this lambo leap she's got going on it's 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 gaining momentum would you say it is it is she's making it a signature item and it's working so let's see well look the greek goddess of war herself also took to the microphone after the fight let's hear from her spartans what is your profession oh 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 I mean, look, I it's heard, a little bit. I heard that not at all. It's it's a little bit of a of a <laughs> it's a little bit of a lame gimmick, but uh, you know, she's she's. It's good to see somebody who has uh, kind of arrived on the scene, wild story, background, all that, starting to put it together now at this level of matchmaking, of course. But that's three in a row. Now the gimmick is a little uh, hit or miss at times, Luke, but um, she's fun. She's fun to watch. So there she you go. She is fun to watch. Yes. Um, and look, here was her celebration inside the casino after. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. She has done some, uh, let's say, it, exotic dancing. Well, before. it's not just that. If you really read her backstory, she comes from both of her parents were in that industry as well. So it was. she said it was like natural. It was like expected and automatic that she would do it, that she would enter into it. And apparently she was elite at it, Luke. She's not bad. All right. Well, Luke, let's sp- see other uh, times that people got hammered out here. Muslim Salikov. Luke, this fight was a war like we told you it would be against Andre Fialo. But there was the finish coming up here, that spinning back kick. Dude, Salikov got his ass kicked for a while. And then he just started unleashing video game strikes like for a full round and a half. Dude, this fight was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, this one was a wild one for sure. And Salikov needed this too. He came in with a bit of hype. He's a little bit older. He came in with a bit of hype, but it's been somewhat unfulfilled. But this was a great, this was a great fulfillment. I, Dude, I Fialo makes crazy fights, Luke. Yeah, I mean, his I, fights don't suck ever. I mean, I'm, you know, you, you'd love to subscribe him more head movement, but like he's willing, he's very willing. So, uh, wow. All right, you know who else was Luke, uh, Mister Madalena, Mister Jack, Mada Delman Del. Ma- Della Madalena. Yeah, now this was one of the ones that we did tell people that worked out well for us, although not hard to figure out. Uh, Jack yeah. Della Madalena is a fucking hammer. He is excellent. Look at him get handsy. some of the best among any prospect. TK01 of Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts, who's obviously a respected name, but dude, he just put it 
on him. I mean, it was it was wow. Yeah, he's talented. He's Dude, one he's of the best long. guys up and coming out of Australia. For yeah, sure. like he's in great shape. He hits hard, but he's also like his setups and his technique and, and his feel. Dude, he flows. Like he really flows the whole time he's in there, man. He moves like a boxer. Yeah. You know? yeah. Rolling under hooks, changing angles on guys. Like he's he's talented. Luke, hashtag holy hammer alert brought to you by Natalia Silva with the spinning back kick to open the night of newcomer Ter- Teresa Blada. Damn. Yeah, I don't understand. Like going back, she was shooting from pretty fucking far away. I didn't quite yeah. get that. Um, let's roll that highlight one more time. I mean, that's going to roll through. But yeah, I mean, she's yeah, that's that's really far away for a shot. Uh, by the way, have you noticed there's been like a lot of people in MMA this year getting absolutely bulldozed, running into strikes when they shoot? Yeah, people are people are getting better at uh, attacking shots with strikes. You are know? you saying that they're getting Askrind? No, because, I mean, yeah, he was shooting, but Jorge ran across the cage. It's not really the same thing exactly. I mean, like, if you're getting pressured and then reacting to it, you know. Luke, this uh, flyweight bout between Charles Johnson and Zumalagov was nuts. Let's hear from Michael Bisping. All right, we didn't play the audio there. Um, That was Michael Bisping basically being like, look, this is nuts. Why? Because, Luke, they traded an insane amount of fouls in this action fight. And then, did you see how long they hugged afterwards? It was like they were, like, best friends now. That was just a weird fight. I did miss that part. But also, after this fight, Zumagulov said he retired. Did you see that? I did not see that, really. Yeah. he Dude, the guy has been on the on the losing end of a number of very close decisions. Yeah. And, you know, it could be one of those things in the moment, but it seemed like he's sick of it. And he said he retired. You know, MMA retirements never seem to last, but he did. He did say that. Um, I I think we were supposed to hear that audio. So hopefully we'll keep hearing it. But Luke, check out this. Let's go to Bellator 288 from Chicago. Six foot six heavyweight Daniel James, 40 years old. Look at the uppercut finish on a top 10 ranked guy in Tyrell Fortune. Tyrell Fortune's not a big heavyweight, but he's a great wrestler. And old James is a monster heavyweight. Uh, and, you know, just a fucking bulldozer of a man. Let's do it. Uh, look, by look, he's got the predator thing going. I mean, oh, how do you yeah. not like that? I mean, he's that's the American too- predator. Let's do a slow-mo replay of that uppercut because that thing was perfection. There it is. It drops him. By the way, people were complaining about shots to the back of the head. I did count some. So he gets out of the way of the overhand throws the left, and then meets him with his own uppercut right up the Woo! middle. Play you like a fiddle. As Holy old hammer, say, DJ, brother. DJ, wow. Uh, All right. Well, then Daniel James shot his shot to one Scott Coker. Who is it? That you, you just took out the number five guy with a big-time win. Who is it you should be fighting the next time you step in here? Well, I am number five. I'm number five. Excuse me. But Scott, Scott Coker, I'm here, baby. You need some A. You need a pretty chocolate heavyweight. I'm here. Let's go. Straight up. We got the market. We got everything. My hair long. I look good. I'm real nice. Let's go. I can fight. I'm number five. What's next? Stop waiting. Let's go. Coker would go on to tweet, I, I heard you loud and clear, Luke. Um, Like, he kind of made a massive leap here. Like, really, in the Bellator top ten. I mean, he was unranked and not well known, and he just knocked out number five who was coming on. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how far he can go. I mean, the dude is older, even for heavyweight, he's past forty, but he's fun as shit, 
and he can hit hard and he tries like I'm all in. I mentioned the wholesome joy shown by Usman Nurmagomedov on the phone in the cage afterwards with Habib. And this is him backstage, Luke. I mean, it was expected, but to see how much it meant to him to get to this point so early, it, it felt good. It felt good, Luke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could. T- I mean, again, I, I think he was feeling the pressure a little bit. Listen, it's not just that, um, you know, he has to fight that opponent. You just think about all of the pressure being from that family, being, being from that camp. Like, excellence is expected, and you have to deliver. And he did. He did. But... I think he was, I think it was a big relief when it was all over, you know? Uh, you know who else delivered? Vadim Nemkov, as we mentioned. Here's just a piece of his handiwork. Uh, we're breaking out some spinny shit on Corey overtime. Yeah, dude, this was at the end of round one, which was a close-ish round. This sealed it for Nemkov completely. Nice shot, indeed. Uh, Bellator undercards, you know, if there's a good fat heavyweights, they'll show up on this show. Vladimir Guvea, though, on the right, delivering big. This looks like you and me fighting. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah great oh, what are we doing here fellas this yeah. <laughs> all right back to the salt mines there we go let's go let's go to the boxing ring uh luke this may have been the biggest knockout of the weekend greg hardy Can filled in on short it? notice uh, for vitor belfort he took on hasim rockman jr and watch out Woo! catch and he did catch and shoot he caught the first punch on the gloves and then he immediately fired the right down the middle dude Greg Hardy looked all right in this fight. Can I be honest with you? He looked all so, right. This is, you know, on, on paper, it's a horrific loss for Haseem Rockman, who was going to fight Jake Paul and then was going to fight Vitor Belfort. It ended up going the distance for four rounds, and it was basically three rounds to one plus the knockdown. It was a unanimous decision for Hardy. And what? And, but, Luke, we can't overlook one thing. Hardy came in 94 pounds heavier than Rockman, yeah. who's a small heavyweight, kind of a bridger weight, if you believe in that type of bullshit. But I'll give... Rockman credit. He fought his way out of trouble in the first round. He was landing big shots, but that size, I mean, they're like two weight classes apart, they look like, right? Yeah, the size definitely played a role. Let's just be clear and in defense of Asim Rockman Jr. However, if this was Rockman's attempt to get these like silly ass fights, you know, with, I don't know, Deji or whoever the fuck out there, this this audition did not go great, you know? Yeah. Uh, Gaff, I'm now realizing I never emailed you the Hardy Celebratory Dance video. I don't believe we have that. So let's skip. Uh, no, that we do. There you go. Oh, wow. Thank you, Gaff, for for pulling that out of uh, nowhere. Uh, Luke, d- needs work on the dancing, or are you into this? Is this like a like a shitty Fortnite thing, or what is I it? I don't know. That, but, you know, he does. He, he looked great. He deserves it. He's going to get a payday out of this, Luke. You know he will. You know Lord, that. He showed more cardio in this fight than he did ever in five minutes in MMA. Well, he called out Tommy Fury and Tyson Fury afterwards, although Shannon Briggs was in his ear kind of like pushing him on. But does he, in a weird way, now enter the the larger Jake Paul sweepstakes? I know Jake's, you know, at kind of the light heavyweight cruiserweight area, but trying to be more of a light heavyweight 175 in boxing. I mean, is this a potential fight? Seriously, Jake Jake Paul versus Greg Hart. You got a villain? I was thinking about this. I don't know because I don't know how much, like, interest there is in Jake Paul versus Greg Hardy right now it seems to me at least in the immediate aftermath certainly if you're Greg Hardy this is decent for your fortunes like obviously it's definitely not a bad thing by any stretch but it just feels to me right now that this was more deflating for Rockman Jr. than it was boosting for Greg Hardy it's very bad it's a very bad loss if you're trying to be a legitimate boxer for Hasim Rockman there's no question about it but 
this was a 316 pound Greg Hardy who did cut down to 265 during his UFC days. I wonder where Jake would try to make him cut to if that was ever at all even possible, Luke, because there, there's a hundred something pound difference there. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Rockman Jr. looked bad. Yeah. All right. You know what was bad, Luke? Booking uh, an unbeaten guy we love in Jaime Munguia once again against somebody you never heard of. So this is Munguia improving Dude, to... Dan Raphael on Twitter was fucking killing Munguia Dude, and Golden Boy for making this. Who's a bigger boxing fan than me? I didn't even know this fight was Saturday. It was like I didn't realize it until like last night. I was like, oh, Munguia fought? What? Dude, he fought a guy we never heard of that we ripped when it was announced. Yeah, he's 41-0 now. But, like, he's not going out of his way to fight Demetrius Andrade. I know he's always wanted Charlo, and that's a hard fight to make across, you know, network lines, unless it's, a, again, unless it's a big fight like we're doing with Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. But, dude, they, I mean, put him against Golovkin. Put him against somebody. What are we doing here? Even now, he's fighting not a top Golovkin. He's fighting a lesser version of it if they even made that one. Dude, he's fighting yeah, I mean, people, people, people throw the term can crusher out there a little too often. I don't think it's unfair against Mungia. I really don't. All right, well, that was a different DAZN card, but back to that first DAZN card that with Greg Hardy there, that was a Misfits card. Uh, here's a uh, weird offer to KSI, who was ringside, Luke. Hey, can you marry me? Uh, Luke, that marriage proposal went nowhere from that kid. I mean, what are we doing? I couldn't hear it, and the kid looks stupid anyway. All right. Well, Luke, you know what's going on here. Uh, KSI was there. Well, we'll get to that in a second. The only thing lamer than that marriage proposal to KSI was the boxing form shown in this YouTube fight. Yeah. Did he have a... Did he, I'm, not, I'm not doing a bit. Did he have like a seizure or something? No, no, no. Uh, there was a few highlights from this guy in the white trunks. Uh, Clarissa Shields was clowning him and sharing it. Um yeah, so this was a uh, a uh, what's it called? Don't play that. Don't play the, the this one yet. Hold on. It's uh, what is that? Dazone Misfits. Who 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 runs that? KSI's brand. I think that's right. I think that's right. I think it's its own promotion that that's there. Okay, something so, like that. Yeah. Um, as we know, there was a lot of buildup with Dylan Danis showing up. Luke, he ended up having a crazy weekend. The result, of course, is that they announced that the next big Dazone pay per view Misfits fight would be KSI versus Dylan Danis. But here's how his weekend started. S saddest shit on earth. This is Danis, whose teammate got slapped by Nate Diaz last weekend after the UFC card. This was a premeditated planned attack here from Danis, pro wrestling yeah, style. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he touched yeah, this his... Is, uh, this is Dylan Danis's brand now. This is who he is. He is the guy who shows up and has commotions that people film on their phone Usually he's taking an L, not always, but usually. Well, we'll get and to his big L in a second, but this was it. him. That's all he does. So he kind of tapped KSI with his left hand on the face and then came over the top with a drink on top of him. And then backstage, he assaulted this this boxing videographer, Luke, but payback would come back in the form of a karma bitch, and that karma bitch was delivered by Anthony Taylor. You know him. Remember he boxed Tommy Pretty Fury? Pretty boy, yeah. Despite the fact they were like eight weight classes apart? Whoa, Damn. a leaping right hand from Anthony Taylor connects on Dylan Dennis. So you're right, Luke. His new brand is to just show up and kind of get punked, right? He just shows up, gets punked, and then, you know, tries to leverage it for some kind of attention. Dude, I, I, I can't tell you how sad this haul is. So I think it was around 2014, maybe 2015. Um, maybe 2014, because it was before he was ever associated with Connor. Um, 
I did an interview with him for MMA Fighting, and it was on at the time. This is before he had any notoriety about this shit. In fact, this was at the time he was part of Marcelo Garcia's Brown Belt All-Stars. He, I can't remember exactly when he got promoted to Black Belt, but it was right around that time. Anyway, the, the him and Jonathan Satava and uh, Mansur Kara, and there were some pull, other ones. These pull guys the video. All, I, I think we've played it enough times here. Sorry. Luke. Yeah. We they, these all got, these guys were all there was there was more than that but these three and some other ones Miguel uh, excuse me um uh, Marcelo Garcia had like five or six brown belts all at one time that were fucking assassinating people at competitions and he was one of them and not only was he one of them he was arguably the best among them yeah and you just thought he was destined for greatness at the black belt division in fact I think in 2017 he had a match with Gordon Ryan at the ADC at ACC and gave him his very toughest match the entire time. Uh, at least among the ones that he was able to prevail, uh, he lost that one too. But I was like, "Damn, fucking!" He, you know, he gave it to him there a little bit. He has turned into a uh, a parody of himself. I mean, and he, uh, did it start with Habib giving him the flying drop kick? Is that the beginning? No, of the no. End, it or? started when he became. I'm not. I'm not blaming Connor because I don't know if Connor's to blame. But what I am saying is, once he got associated with Connor, and then that like that sort of paparazzi ish kind of life, he became obsessed with it. And seems like this is his only path forward anymore. And I want to remind folks, I did an article on like, it was called, you can look it up. It's called The Rise of the Guillotine. And it was at a time when people, just before that, the guillotine, not that it was going out of fashion, but it was really low percentage. And then it had this boost in fortune as people began to make adjustments to it. A lot of which came from Marcelo Garcia's team. Anyway, I did an interview with him about it. And back then he was normal. He was informative. He was friendly. He was smart. And now, you know, this is what he has become. It's really quite unfortunate. Dude, I, I know he's had injuries that's prevented more MMA fights in theory, but the two times he's fought, he's interesting to watch because of that dominant skill and to just kind of seem like he's given up. And now he's doing, like, can he box, Luke? He's, you see his no, interviews? He's like, he can't box. No, fuck he them. can't. But he's like, you know, KSI doesn't know what it's like to fight a real fighter. It's like, no, but I don't know. Does it's anybody like, dude, care, Luke? All, all this shit. All this shit is for simpletons, dude. All well, of they're going to fight in January. KSI can box a little, if you remember his fights, his boxing matches with Logan Paul. I don't know. Will we watch? I don't know. But that's not the last L that Dylan took, Luke. Check out this BBL security guard who gives him the Mutumbo when he gets too handsy. <coughs> no, 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 not, not in, not in this Bro, house. No, that reminds me of my wife every morning. What the fuck are you <laughs> yeah, talking? Yeah, this is yeah, very yeah. familiar to me. Yeah, well, that was accidental. He wasn't pulling a Mike Bone in the cockpit. That was accidental, it seemed, Luke. But it happened. Oh, okay, there okay, you okay. Go. Yeah, all right, hey, let's enough. rate that tat, okay, Luke? A lot of people sending me this. Luckily, because I deleted all the files. Yeah, that's the worst tattoo I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is officially this is officially an L, my guy. Does that take Anthony it. Smith's grenade hands off the hook, Luke, or what? I, I don't mind the grenade hands. I don't. I don't mind that at all. Huh? Um, I, I, anytime you tattoo the top of a hand, you know you're making a very conscious choice. Um, but this is uh, this is a hardcore L right here, Luke. Remember when I showed Cubby's fan? Uh, Josh Montgomery, big MK viewer. Remember I showed his slash tattoo too early? Here is the promised finality so you uh, can make see, a, let's see, let's see, yeah. a true statement here on this. Even even now, it's still a little fresh because uh, you can see it's got a purplish hue. See that? Oh, it's a little purple. Um, that's only because it's fresh. I'll say this. It's it's good. That's it's, really it's good. good. Yeah. Um, and this I is don't his... love... Go, go back full screen for just All a right, second. Go back, go back to that, yeah. I mean, the hair is exceptional. 
Yeah, I mean, it's an exceptional tattoo. It's 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 good. I would have loved to get... If I think if you're going to do ones like these, I don't prefer them to be black and gray. Also, the right arm is a little jacked, a little bit. Um, but in general, this is a this is a quality tattoo, in general. Uh, this is a shot of his other arm, Luke. I hope he doesn't mind me showing all this bare parts of his body, but this is badass. He took a couple of the Pink Floyd album cover ideas from Animals, Wish You Were Here, and combined them. Look, so look at the guy on the left's right hand, the one that's doing the handshaking. It looks like he just has a giant fucking banana slug. Yeah, yeah. Arm. You know, but, you know, thematically, it's pretty badass. I give yes, him a lot of Yes, thematically, it's very cool, and I do like the idea. But I'm telling you, man, good tattoos are hard to get. They're not so easy. Not so uh, easy. That guy's a huge fan of great music and MK, so shout out to that guy. Yes. Oh, Luke, smoke that him. That album you... cover he picked is tremendous. Yeah, it's smoke them if you got them time. Uh, check out this from the weed assembly line. This is how pre-rolls are made. It's beautiful to watch, right? Just bury me in this, please. <laughs> Just bury me in this. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, this I mean, is how I, they make them? Dude, we should work there. We should, you know, we should go, or we should take the, we should take Jake and a camera there, right? Yeah, you can just leave me there. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need a documentary. You can just drop just, me off. Yeah, I'll be All I'll right. be there, and that'll be that. Well, Luke, the vape assembly lines showing a little bit of lack of quality control lately. These are the people that are preparing your habit, Luke. I'm gonna guess this guy doesn't have much to live for. <laughs> well, he's sampling every. Uh, Every uh, douche flute, as Michael Chiesa would say, that you put in your body, Luke. That's his job. To try yeah. them all. Damn, he is. Boy, they're just spreading those germs, huh? Look at him. He's on now, top of that. Now, with that like said, first... are you envious? Do you want to work there? Like, is, would you try it out? Not with them. You could just vape all day, dude. So, like the conveyor belt I, I comes al- by. BC, I already do. <laughs> all right. Uh, your KO of the week comes from octagon the promotion in europe and with a k yeah they allow soccer oh. kicks luke. So, <laughs> this is in honor of the world cup and cutter of course luke this oh. so there you go there's the golden boot for you yep. just have a seat asshole yeah das boot right in your in the face thank you very much hey luke remember when deontay wilder made out with his own statue i was seeing if gsp would do the same turned out he wouldn't but you know that's I mean, pretty could cool they make the crotch more protruding on that thing <laughs> Although it's it's not it's not bad it's pretty well done. Yeah, they should have put him in those jorts he was wearing when he called out um, Matt Hughes that time. Yeah, that would have been great. All right, uh, let's go to. I know you hate gender reveals, but is this one cool? Oh Jesus! Get <laughs> I mean, just the stupidest fucking. Oh, that's pretty decent, dude. That's pretty cool, right? It's kind of hey, cool. Here's my gender reveal. It's a boy. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, dude, that guy went up with two hands and dunked that shit. Yeah. yeah all right. He's got, he's got, I mean, he's at the local park hanging on the rim, but yeah, his uh, wife threw the lob too. I mean, you could have gone to a nicer facility, but maybe that's all they got Luke. Okay. Or just don't do shit like this. You can just do uh, that. Uh big weekend or big time in, in sports and combat sports for the Poetons. Here's his sister, Aileen Pereira, Pereira, making her MMA debut with she got Poetan dropped, in her yep. corner, and she got dropped, Luke. Although, did you see the part where she gave her opponent middle fingers? Uh, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't spoil oh, okay. the uh, the content, Luke. But yeah, so this is Aileen Pereira, Pereira, Pereira. Well, hey, Pereira. dude, her, her older brother lost his MMA debut too. So there you go. Well, she also 
showed tribute to the Diaz brothers, of course. Uh, I, was this a contentious fight? I didn't see the fight, was it? I don't, is... I don't remember it being super contentious. Uh, wow. Maybe that's just how they roll down there, Luke. This is how BC greets me when I ask for a hug. Yeah, pretty much. Um, hey, but big upset at, at, at the LFA 147 card. And how about this highlight? Rafael Dos Nascimento, he kicked Justin Wetzel right in the face. And they're telling me this is a big upset, Luke. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is actually a teammate of uh, EKC Leiden, the uh, videographer. Damn. the winning. Yeah, it's a, ni- it's a nice win, bro. Rafael Dos Nascimento was the guy's name. John- I think it's Nascimento. Yeah, something like that. Damn, he but just kicked the guy right in the face. Wow. All right. Uh, let's see this. Uh, let's see what happens on the street corner here. Let's let's watch this. Is this kid gonna get hit by like a dump truck or something? Hey ladies. Hey ladies. Oh shit. Hey so that's Tag in re- it, bitch. <laughs> You're supposed to hear the audio. They call. He said, "What's up to that girl?" Hey she like made fun of him, and then he took her out. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Hey, but, uh, hey, who said chivalry is dead, huh? No, no. Hey, Luke, friend of the program, Giovanni Marquez. You know that 21-year-old boxer, son of a legend? He improved to 4-0 and in Texas on Saturday. Watch this knockout from Gio. Oof. That's Gio on the ropes right now. Yep, yep. Let's see. Finish him. Finish him. Oh, oh, good Lord. Stuck him with the right. Woo. That's assault, brother. I mean, come on. Uh, Coach Rafael Marquez, El Diamante, improving to 4-0 with with uh, with him as well. So uh, uh, shout out to, they call themselves TMT, Luke, the Marquez team. You know, Does it stand for anything besides? <laughs> I'm sorry. See that right here one more time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hell of a shout. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Sat him down. All right. Hey, do you look at the unit on this squash, Luke? You impressed? <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, right? It's 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 fall fair season. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Ma- mom is mom is is skanky, huh? Yeah, that's that's interesting. All right. Uh, that is great. Hey, Luke, how about how, this? How, how high off of edibles is she right there? I, I think this is just her natural, you know, she's impressed by it. Yeah. Um, who said, Gaff says she looks like the mom from Bob's Burgers. Can you, can, can you, uh. You think, and no one besides Gaff watches Bob's Burgers. Can we just be honest about that? <laughs> uh, Luke, check out this hospital recommendation. I think it's, you know, they're honest with their people. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Don't want to get pregnant. Just do anal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, here it is. There it is. Finally, somebody said it, Luke. Finally. Okay, besides uh, Claudia that time. Remember? Wow. Remember that, Luke? Yeah, hey, let's he was bring, really aggressive about it. Let's bring back the punch machine. We always get great LOLs from that. Check oh, out this old this, guy. Is this old man about to bite it from this one? I bet he is. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yep. 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 Dude, you don't right. realize, these, like, the average person has the worst balance ever. Well, let's see. Let's rate the balance in punching power. Excuse me, I, I said that weird. Of six foot seven boxing promoter Eddie Hearn. Dude, he hit that hard. Yeah, not bad. Put a little steam on it. Put a little steam on it. Yep. So Eddie tells a great story that he said when he was a teenager, his dad Barry, who's a Hall of Fame promoter, took him in the boxing ring to kind of like, te- you know, make him a man. 
And Eddie claims to have dropped his dad with a body shot. And ever since then, like his dad knew that, you know, Eddie was coming on Luke. Yeah. That's, you and uh, your dad should recreate that. I don't want to drop my dad with a body shot. I mean, my dad's 82. I it might be therapeutic be. in the long run. Luke, I'll, yeah, all right, all right. Uh, Luke, let's close with, uh, hey, what's some pinata kid abuse? This is, this, what, what kind of parent does this? I mean, <laughs> my guy, you're supposed to have the kid hit the pinata with the bat, not hit the pinata with the kid. Yeah. Look, you ever guarantee it, guarantee it, these people did like a dumbass gender reveal when this kid was uh, formed. You know those conspiracy theorists that always say like all the Disney logos have like secret penises hiding inside them and like it's all like, you know, a big conspiracy. I can't say that I do. Uh, all right. Well, it turns out they were right. Look at what the, these hidden cameras found at Disney World. Dude, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is not Disney World, dude. What the fuck is this? <sighs> this is just uh, the dong factory, like somewhere. Yeah. And- <laughs> wow, look at that! Wow, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to call it. Look, it's incredible, though, right? I mean, you'd only see that shit on this segment, right? That's what I can guarantee you. Really, Nobody, this is the worst show. They ever, don't play man. this it's video weird. on Ariel's show ever, not one time, Luke. Okay, yeah, probably not. Probably yeah. not. All right, that's my shit of the week. Sorry I lost the good shit. That was my replacement stuff, yeah. Uh, Very good, BC. Well, that is it for us here today. I want to remind folks, we're back Wednesday, right? We are doing a Wednesday show, however inadvisable. Yeah, we're doing a Wednesday show. event that we're not going to watch, probably. PFL Championships, yeah. uh, There's a good boxing fight this weekend, too. Uh, It's on pay-per-view, unfortunately. It's Rougarou, dude, right? You know? Oh, the Rougarou is back. Yeah, Yeah, he's fighting Zepeda. That's going to be a good-ass title fight at 140, but... As Mikey just reminded us, uh, Friday we will have a show. We will answer your mailbag questions, right? Yeah. So what you got to do is you got to send out tweets to get questions. We'll put some up, uh, and you can also email us, morningcombat at gmail.com. Tweet us, email us, whatever you got to do. We'll take those questions. We'll so do a Friday mailbag. And we'll don't email those. us like, you know, would Habib have beaten Charlie Olives? Like, you know, we're going to do a fun holiday show with you, okay? All right. You know right. what we're talking about, yeah. Um, yes, I'm trying to think. If there's anything else that we had to get to that I was reminded of? I think that's it. I think that's it. Oh, morningcombat.store. Um, One more reminder, Luke, for our great merch. That um, if you want the Black Friday deals, go to our website right now. Put your email address in there. Uh, your car title will also uh, be fine as well. But uh, no, uh, RJ is going to give you an email with all the all the all the bundles. There, all the all the discounts. So uh, get out there. All right, get out there. On on the web and uh, get get your husband in that bomber jacket already. I mean, he's going to look fantastic, right? Uh, I guarantee it. All right. Do you think Jay folks- Paquette where puts it on like Mister Plow? Or does that? Did I, mean, I go? There's too not far? a doubt in my mind. There's okay. Not a doubt. All right. In my mind. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, I want to remind you. Uh, remind you. Showtime.com is a label that pays. Go to Showtime.com. Get a 30 day free trial if you like it. You can keep it. If not, you can bounce. Of course, you already heard the merch stuff. And then Morning Combat at Gmail. Uh, thanks to everyone who watched. We'll be back on Wednesday. We got you covered the whole week, as a matter of fact. Tomorrow, the Anthony Smith Room Service Diaries comes out, so give us a follow on social to stay up to date on all of our content and to find us there, youtube.com slash morningcombat. And that's it today. So oh, I got one more breaking news announcement. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but I don't know if I'm going to do it tomorrow. But, Luke, people have asked for it, and it's going to happen, like, within, like, a week or so. Okay. The BC live chat's going to be a real thing. Uh, you know, not, right. not every day, not every week, but it's going to be a real thing. Okay. We're going to, we're going right. to make it happen. 
All right, you told the people to speak to me if they want it, Luke. They seem to really want it. Now, I don't know if they're, you know, if that is if it's going to do the same type of traffic that our docks do, disappointingly. I mean, that's soul crushing the the amount of traffic our docks do, given how brilliant they are. They are brilliant, but uh, people just people just want us to talk about Connor, really, is really the answer there. Um, All right. So for BC, for Malka, Showtime Sports, as well as CBS Sports, we're out for today. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Room service diaries tomorrow. And until then, may all of your gains be loyal.